I don't know if it's our misguided China policy or what, but all of Hollywood is experiencing a loss of libido. You know, Steve, you're not very hard to figure. Only at times. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Most of the time. The other times. The other times you're just a stinker. together and blow. But it, it's asked true. me the other day, how long did I think nudity would last on the screen? And I, if he wouldn't think me too vulgar in saying, I said that uh, all breasts sag eventually. called actors cattle once in your career and um, offended a few well. of them. Well... I think at the time, I think I said, well, I was accused of calling actors cattle, and I said that, um, I would never say such an unfeeling, rude thing about actors at all. What I probably said was that all actors should be treated like cattle. Well, I like that. In a nice way. If he didn't like the actors, he tore them up. I'm telling you, Filthy, you don't need a formal introduction when you have a real story on your hands. I'm talking about a beginning, a middle, and an end, Filthy, not just one or the other. Oh, I know we say we're tired of linear narratives. You don't have to tell me all forms exhaust eventually. But it doesn't matter, Filthy, because you know deep down we all crave Mommy or Daddy? Or oh, God forbid, both? <laughs> anyway, this ain't your typical formulaic piece of crap. This intellectual property is not condemned by tried shop ward structural engineering. Spiritual engineering, that's what this thing runs on. And martinis, those famous Musso martinis, don't forget it runs on those too. 
You never can tell where this plot is going, but when it moves forward, the mountains move right along with it. Surprising yet inevitable, just the way those Greeks like it. Take the setting for starters. Oh, we've seen restaurants and movies before, but an entire story set in a restaurant. You know they never leave. And think of the restaurant. Musso and Frank, 6669 Hollywood Boulevard, the oldest joint in town. Now, you don't have to know that practically every major writer in American history dwelled here, worked here, Raymond Chandler with his big sleep, Fitzgerald proofreading his galleys, Faulkner with his eyes on that dame that gave him all that southern comfort for 20 years. Oh, and don't forget Bukowski with his dreams of becoming Faulkner and Chandler and Fitzgerald by drinking like they did at this bar. You can feel it here. You can smell it like damp figures in the wall. Just like when you see that payphone over there, you may not know it's the first payphone in town, but you can tell there's something special about it. No, don't have the characters mention that it's the first payphone in Hollywood. They shouldn't know a thing like that. It's too, uh, trivial. Why, the characters in this tale are anything but trivial. The casting director, the most innocent man in show business. Nobody believes there are actual angels in this town, but there's one of them, and he's a casting director. I can't wait to see the haters piss themselves over that. <laughs> On the kicker of the whole thing, the thing they'll talk about in classrooms, the climax happens off mic. You'd sell quite a rug for a moment like that, except for you can't. Moments like that just happen by accident when the story is good. And that's what you have here is a good story. Have they heard it a million times? Sure. But who cares? People want life to add up. They want an ending that'll make them go right back to the beginning and live the whole thing over again. I just had a funny thought. No, no, it's off topic. I just remembered that some friend of Eve Babbitt's used to say she was addicted to booze, men, and the pork chops at Moose's. Oh, no, no, don't force that line in the script. It doesn't move the story forward. By the way, Phil, you might want to reconsider that little moniker. People might start to get ideas that you're Armenian. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm not. Waiter. Hey, say, waiter. Did you fill this up? Here we are. Here we are at Musso and Frank's Grill. Hi, sir. Hello. We were in a two-cup and asked for you. Well done, because this also gives us... This gives me a hideous view of the this, but it gives us a nice little... It's an enclave. Enclave, a little bit of peace and privacy for us to discuss the finer points of our deal, you know? What we miss, however, is the wonderful, awfully typical... Are you recording I'm, 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 Yes. Right now? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But just pretend it doesn't... It's no, not, no, not, you know. The wonderful, awful... Um, Train wreck, but perfect lady. There was a of the nights. Oh, of the right night. sitting right next to us in the two top. Oh, I think I saw. I noticed her. Do you mind if I rise and take a second look? Look for Lady Gaga. 
she's, she's got to be a, a Lady Gaga. She's got to be like that. Uh, what's that Elroy? Lele Confidential, which is about the the whore ha- the, 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 the kind of the whore business of lookalikes. I'm not familiar with this. Yeah, Elroy's Lele Confidential. One of the plot lines is uh, one of the, the plot lines is this guy who's running a prostitution ring of Hollywood star lookalikes in the 40s or 50s or whatever. That's the LA Confidential storyline. It's one of them. It's like one of the yeah, key elements to it. Um, yeah, so she definitely looks like she's, but she's got massive tits. This one, and massive, and her lips are like, are like built to match the boobs. Everything, everything does seem like it's come pre-made and matched and supersized. Supersized. That's the thing, you know. In America, we like them. We like to go maximum. Uh, so good for the guy who ordered her. I hope they enjoy the meal. Do we have to be like podcasting? No, 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 no. We're being very. We're just this is. That's not. I don't have a. This is not a podcasty operation. This is something else. This is a. It's a. It's. It's a. It's a. It's it's radio cinema. It's just a. It's a slice of our. This is like a, a kind of conversation we would have any any other time. You know, except that I might ask you some things on purpose. And and what? No, I mean that that's it. It's just like I mean, but I ask you things on purpose other times too, and you ask me things on purpose, things that are on your mind, weighing on you. you know I, mean? I appreciate the sort of soft entry into this. Yeah, just to don't pretend it's not there. But like, are you gonna air the whole thing? I mean, yes. Unless there's parts that are you know, that are uh, too, too, like you say a name you don't want to say, something like that. Edit out like whole bits. Not if they're good. If there's well, this whole point, it's not to take out the good stuff. Are you gonna publish this under my name? Well, that's up to you. You have to tell me now whether you want your name mentioned. Because if not, can I tell you afterwards. You can tell me afterwards. Yeah, I'll try not to uh, say it that many times so that I don't have to, yeah don't be self-conscious about the, the uh, weird black thing under your mouth I feel like uh, hello can you say welcome to Musso and Frank's grill to us welcome to Musso and Frank thank you nice to see you again thank you <laughs> thank you how's everything wonderful very nice to drink uh, what are you going to have martini you like vodka or like gin? Vodka, please. Uh, any special vodka, kettle and ragu, noodles, whatever. Kettle is good. Kettle with olives? With two olives. Sure. Thank you. I'll have Hello. a, I just have a soda water for now. Soda water. Yeah, thank you. I, I, can't, I can't drink right now. It's going to be terrible. I'm taking some medication that would conflict. So, um, I don't want to. I can have one, but like, I don't want to start right now. I don't want to risk it. Yeah, I don't want to start right now. Uh, yeah. So, how many, um, how was seeing Christmas? How was Christmas and New Year? You, uh, are you willing to admit you celebrate Christmas and New Year in this business? 
I celebrate all the holidays. Or do you have a uh, do you have a very curly beard of you know economical, non-denominational uh, you know appearances that you must keep up in order to get by in this business? Um, I try to celebrate all of the holidays equally. Not just even the Abrahamic ones? Uh, more than the Abrahamic. Right, because most of your jobs lately have been of the Eastern variety. Right. So, uh, you know, Chinese New Year is very important to my heart. Which godforsaken animal is this year supposed to be inspired by? You know, what is this the year of? I, I heard somebody say it. I think it's like a weird one, like a cheetah. Better than the year of the bat. Or the year of the pangolin. Let's see. It's like Do we have to like talk the whole time? No, you can you can you can absolutely <laughs> It's the year of the tiger. Your... Never mind, I got that wrong. It's the year of the tiger? That seems like isn't every year the year of the tiger with those people? Okay. Seems like it. They're into tigers. Those people are starting off with that. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, the, the people that are different than me. <laughs> the specific subset of people who are, are the other. The other. It's a very nice shirt on you. Thank you. It's, uh, yeah, it's my Christmassy good guy shirt. I see you're trying to lure me in. Yeah, to a false sense of comfort and trust. Um, yeah, I was about to say... This feels like every movie where there's a friendly journalist who ends up biting the person in the ass. Right. Except, is that something you would object to if it happened? No. Being <laughs> No, then don't complain. <laughs> this is a problem with Hollywood, you know, as we've been discussing in our uh, previous, you know, in our many ruminations about how things have gone wrong. Thank you. There's a lot of complaining about things that are not objectionable. <laughs> got it. It did a nice little roll in oh, the, 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 the bottle. Oh. What, 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 what was your day like today? What uh, very mild. I've been I've been really living like a night night owl lately. Like, and so I, I when I wake up, I try to get as much daylight as I can into my skin. I do. I went on a long walk. I mean, I did some, you know paperwork first and then I did uh, I went on a long walk and I bought, I bought some books of interest what'd you get? I went to the counterpoint as I often do on my walks in that direction it's the used bookstore on Franklin in Franklin Village it's been there forever I've been there for 50 years um, today what I found was a first edition of I believe it's called One Arm I think in my head um, the, it's, a, it's a first edition hardcover of Tennessee Williams' first story collection. Congrats. Yeah, so I found that, got that. I found, even more exciting than that, I found the autobi- a hardcover of the autobiography. It's called, of, of George Schuyler. I don't know if you've heard of George Schuyler. The title of the autobiography is Black Conservative. He was like the first right-wing conservative commentator. Like, I mean, this is like old. This is like he was hired. He, he basically was discovered by Mencken, and he wrote for the American Mercury. Oh, 
Um, and he's like, before anyone else was in, like had that identity. You know, I mean, there were other conservative black writers, obviously, going back to George Booker T. Washington, uh, but and Zora Neale Hurston was herself. But she was, but he was like that. This was his identity. Like he had debates with Malcolm X. I have one of his collect the only collection of his that I thought was ever published uh, from 20 years ago, back when you know, from when I was in high school, and I just found I didn't know he had an autobiography. So I found that I was really excited about that, and I found a book. Um, I took a picture of it. Let's see. Um, I, I didn't. I never heard of this before, but it sounded interesting. Lost Property: Memoirs and Confessions of a Bad Boy by Ben Sonnenberg. The description sort of fit, and he ended up like going into intelligence. And this, he's like a rich kid, one of these like rich kids who entered a life of debauchery and being an intelligence agent for both sides, apparently. And so this was an interesting memoir that I found. And then finally, Invisible Republic. It's Grill Marcus's uh, book about Bob Dylan's basement tapes. So I just, because of the title, I bought it. And I've also, I, I've heard good things about Grill Marcus, who's a music writer in Oakland of many decades also. I think Village Voice was his outlet. Okay. So this was my haul. Cheers to it all. Cheers to it all. We're going to need you to drink some more of those to put you at ease. I feel like you're, you're wary of the microphone. I'm not sure what to say or do or not do in this case. Don't just, well, it's the not do that's the handgun because I feel like. Well, let's put it this way. What are you concerned about revealing? I mean, categorically. What would be, and what what aren't you concerned about revealing? I'm concerned about revealing very anti-Hollywood sentiments. I mean, like... Spiritually anti-Hollywood sentiments. Maybe. Political... Um, oppositional defiant behavior that would then not not because I care about Hollywood anymore, but because but because I have a whole other career that is equally dyed in the wool right and I just don't want that to be known about me But what if we just determine from now that we're not going to use your real name? Would that clear your conscience, or would you still be concerned? Okay, then that's not going to use your name. Okay, so then I just fug it. Then fug it and just let loose, (laughs) because I don't like, yeah. I mean, I'm also on the fug it stage myself. I don't care. But you're better on the fug it stage. Well, I know. I operate on the fug it stage. I'm more, yeah, you're right. You have a lot more to lose. Yes. I also don't have fuck you money anymore. You don't have fuck you money anymore? You had it at one point? Yeah. For like 20, 15 years. When you were... Yeah. Indian. When I was with... Linked up with... <laughs> right. Yeah. 
but did you operate, did you make use of those fuck you years? Yeah. How so? I mean, what did you do that you wouldn't have done otherwise with that fuck you? I talked politics to um, people that I worked with and upheld conservative sentiments with very liberal filmmakers. And how did that go down? I mean, did you, were you ever, let's say, were you ever, did you ever find yourself in a position where, like, oh, if it weren't for the FU, I mean, FU money, or did you end up actually holding your, like, ground successfully and up between, between you and them? I held my ground successfully because I didn't give a fuck. Right. So, they, if we were having a conversation, I would um, counter an idiotic comment, for example. Right. Because it didn't matter. And, and it was kind of fun. And it was always cordial. And it wasn't like the climate now. Uh, we're talking like 2007. Oh, yeah. It's a different... That's, a, that's like a different country. Yeah. And so it was... All, it was I thought they were the conversations that I would have were productive. Uh, they were supportive on both sides. Trying to reach some kind of... A, place to find consensus so I but but if I didn't have fuck you money I wouldn't even have done that back right but worth appreciating or worth noting and remembering that you didn't actually cause any ruptures at the time even though they didn't have the uh, let's say the levers so easily at hand to call to pull to create some kind of a yeah. hissy fit. Yeah. But, but still, like you know, back then, I mean, still at the time, you weren't allowed to like. There's a lot you weren't allowed to say in polite company. I mean, I was, you know, as you know, I've been in the, I've been in this position since the year 2000. Like I, since I was I, a kid, I know like how there was sense that there there was it wasn't going to end. Oh, sorry. Smack the uh, the bus. Your wingspan. My wingspan is wide. Um, it's it was still it's still dicey. I mean, this is in this industry. It's always been dicey. Yeah. It's just that you weren't. It wasn't quite as like. It wasn't like uh, I might be banished uh, forever, and also thought of as a Nazi. Right. But thought of as a Nazi by however, who? However. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever told you this, but um, you do like. Are you gonna bleep out names and stuff? If 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 you're if you insist, yeah. All right. I mean, it's up, only it's up to you. Yeah. So, uh, remember, remember, but just you could say you could you could uh, you know you could fictionalize the names if you need to yourself, unless you want to specifically guide my memory to somebody. That's a lot of thought. Okay, forget it. Just just. Yeah, um, let it rip. The when I worked the TV show, yeah, I was an associate, and I, my boss outed me for being conservative, and it was never the same. All the people on the show, the showrunners, the producers, um, treated me differently from then on, and, and differently in a way that I was iced. Like, I thought it was really um, shrewd on my boss's part because he iced me at the time, he outed me at the time when I was starting to do more on the episodes and people were starting to like me and let me in. Right. Circles. And 
give me more responsibilities and even like the showrunner saying let me do this episode and then he, he did that and it all changed and stopped and he did it by accident or on purpose your boss outed you on purpose as a way of keeping you down? During a casting session with everybody that was of importance in the session. Right. At, uh, what's it called? Raleigh Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, and outed me in front of all of them. And they, all, they were all like aghast, but professional about it, like not saying anything to me directly. I just noticed a big tone shift after that. And they shut you off from rising. They, they, cut, they completely blackballed you, or that's the word. It's hard to say because... They didn't fire you, yeah, no, but they didn't... Your traject- I mean, you're a young man at this point. That road was closed. Any questions? Um, we're still, we're still uh, dancing around it, I think. But would you like... Is the corn beef hash only on Tuesdays? No, okay. no corn beef hash. Corn beef in cabbage. I mean corn beef in cabbage. A long time how they call me hash. Friday, but ooh. Do you have corn beef in cabbage? No. Corn beef cabbage, no, only Tuesday. Only Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. He's a chicken papaya. Okay. Sure. Take your time. I like the crackly fire in the background. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that last time I was here. I don't even know where it's coming. Is it, it's coming from the kitchen, right? Right there. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, so I learned that was like in 2005. Right. Long time ago. Yeah, that's what. So what I'm saying is, it it still was bad. I mean, it was still a matter of. It's just a matter of they didn't. He also outed an intern who was reading Ayn Rand, and just took a flamethrower to this girl that was working for me because she was an intern. Right. Um, and was like, I never want her to, you know, what did he call her? He called her some kind of a name. This is like during a session with like all the showrunners. Right. All of them. The outer, they were so, they, but they were professional. They were like, like calm down. <laughs> this guy's a straight up cunt. Leave her alone. Oh, God, yeah. Is he, he's known as a cunt. We know where he lives. Now he lives in Atlanta because he never really—he he burned himself out. Good. I hope he—I hope he—I hope he never sees the light of day again in the world, in the professional world. Probably not here. Good. I mean, but so there's a happy ending to this in a sense. But that's not why his political views are not why. Uh, no, I'm sure it's not why. I'm just saying, like, he's he, he's a rotten soul. Because if you shout somebody for a being conservative and b reading Ayn Rand, a young person who reads Ayn Rand, if you do that, you are a bad person. There is no. But I think the key is that there are people of lesser power than you. Of course, but they're all of lesser power. An unpaid employee. So, how is this not? How is this better? Or how is this? How is this not worse than, let's say, if he pinched her ass at some point? You know what I mean? Like we talk about the monstrosity he of abuse. He's a flamer. Oh, he's a flamer. Well, well, if I'm glad, I'm glad her, the flamer flamed out. If he pinched her ass, it would be hilarious, and we would all giggle. Right. Okay. Well, pinched his ass in that case. So I mean, I to me, this is like what Kevin Spacey did is. It is is a, a Christ-like compared to this behavior. 
And I know you've seen Kevin Spacey in harsher and in wilder circumstances than we've heard, but still, like this is there's no comparison between these two things. First of all, because one of them is motivated by horniness, which I sympathize with because that's a part of life. The other one is no, motivated by pure malice, pure small-minded abuse of power, uh, it's like rotten intolerance, and tr also trying to keep young people down who might replace it, right? So in the defense of the accused, okay, I would probably put it under the heading kind of like horniness, but righteousness. I think operating under righteousness is kind of similar to horniness in Hollywood. But righteousness is a false desire. And I mean it's a it's not a it's not a part of it's not a part of what makes the world It's active. an emotional it's an emotional uh, it's a, it's an emotional lather that you work yourself up into, but it's not necessary to the creation of anything and it's not necessary it, it, you know, it's, it's a part of, yes, it's a natural occurrence, but I'm saying it's not like a, it's not a force of life and creation because at the know level he's operating. Well, that. it can be. I'm being, I'm, simple, I'm being simplistic, but I feel like, all right, let me just, well, let me rewind. Horniness is unavoidable at all functioning adults, unless one has successfully sainted oneself or been sainted or you know is completely stepped out has a medical condition or has a medical condition in which I don't know how many people are making great movies who aren't horny in the history of humankind like yeah that's a good point name one you need passion you need pat. you not only need passion you need you, you need a certain you need a certain um, violent desire that can only be satisfied through this incredibly uh, masculine process that is making a movie, which is like an endless number of, you know, little mini rapes that you have to, uh, that, that you have to perform in order to get anywhere. Like, there's no other way. Unless you're given, unless you're given everything, unless you're handed everything, unless you're said, you know, and then we, we know how that turns out. You don't have to agree with the verbiage I'm using, but I fail to see any film, any like significant bodies of cinematic work that aren't made by not only horny men, but extremely horny men. Well, in the very least, um, you have to have an appreciation for sex. Right. To make a good movie. Well, you're 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 being a it's it's. A movie is a is 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 a, is a like a it's a fantasy. It's an but it's an invented pair of eyes, right? It's like you're it's an eye. It's like you're you're presenting an eye, your eye. Why on the wall eye? Right. How can an eye that doesn't notice sex be that interesting? Like it's a it, it would be colorblind. It's like being colorblind. Be a documentary. Yeah, it would, or even I mean even a documentary that doesn't notice. Like even these stupid documentaries now, the endless stream of car garbage documentaries, which ostensibly explore sexual stories. I mean, like like let's say all these like rape doc, you know, all these like cult documentaries about sex cults and all this stuff. They're completely de-sex, and they're completely what they replace the sex with is victimhood. And they completely, completely deny what's really going on. All these women, they present all these female victims as if 
as if the sexual factor was never in play, and it was all just a matter of power being used against, you know, power plays. That's not how it works. There's no such thing as a young woman or a young man who isn't sexually enamored of the people they admire so greatly as to be their, follow their cult or, you know, want to get hired by them on a movie. It just doesn't, like... That's just part of the equation that, that has been... That, that is uh, falsely deleted, I think, by modern films and was on, candidly explored in good films. No? What are you going to eat? I'm going to probably eat the prime rib. I think that's what I was going for. Yeah, because it's good. I can vouch for it. I had it last time. Do you want to share some sides? Sure. You name it. Well, you, do you want to be bad? Well, the, uh, keep in mind the prime rib comes with a baked potato. Oh my god. Yeah, so that's bad. That's pretty bad right there. That's enough. Now, they do have, if I can remember correctly, their fries aren't, it's not, you know, I was thinking the, the fries aren't worth it because it's not as good as, it's not as good as they should be to be worth the, um, what about the mac and cheese? Well, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure it's good. And I'll, and if you want it, I'll cheat with you on that. Put a rib on And the onion rings are, are also uh, sexy, but they, you can't sub this. I tried last time, but I think the baked potato is unsubbable. comes with it. I think a ribeye and a baked potato, I don't think I could eat any more than that. The steaks are not are a la carte. It's the prime rib that comes with the baked potato, FYI. So if you get the steak, you can get anything you want. But I, I, I'm down to split mac and cheese if that's part of your hangry. If we get really hangry, maybe. Right. I was I don't born hangry. Yeah. We well, were born hangry. Yeah. <clears throat> also there, um, I enjoyed... Your mask is really dirty. I, I, well, I, I mean, I wear it out of spite. I don't wear it. It's <laughs> a good answer. Yeah. No, it's just, it's, the mask thing is, let's just not even get into it. I don't, I don't, I'm so done. I'm so done with all of it. Every, every last bit of it. How do you but, like living in Hollywood? I mean, I like it. I like the fact that I can walk around and then pop into my favorite bookstore and come out with books on a daily basis, you know. It's still weird because when I moved here, I moved here at the heat of, at the, at the June 2020. And I had spent so many years prior to that coming here every day for, you know, shows and this and activity, all this stuff. And now it's, it's still, I'm, I'm living a, basically a monastic existence. And so that's a, that's a bit odd. But, but, Better here than just about anywhere else in LA. You know, at least at least I can walk to some, breathe in some public life, even if it's just in a tent. You know. Well, I'm listing. I told you I'm listing my house, right? Oh, you are. So you can. What so are you? I'm looking for neighborhoods. So are you tired of being so far away? What's the uh, motivation? Uh, it's not. It's not an issue of tired of being so far away. It's an issue of how much money. Am I gonna have and need, and I eventually need to live in Los Angeles, and I've got an apartment until June. Right. So I've got this buffer. Why not take advantage of it? So my uh, broker is 
So basically, he's going to come out this weekend, and we're going to get everything I need to do to list it. And then if it, if I get an offer above a number, I'll sell it. If, if not, not, I won't. Right. But I do need to think okay. long-term L.A. plans. So I hate to be uh, cliched, but I, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, West Hollywood is not such a bad place. I'm looking there. And at the end of the day, I liked your previous location of Silver Lake as a U place. Yeah. Because it's, you know... Well, I can't buy there anymore. Okay. Uh, it's too expensive. West Hollywood, and they don't have a lot of condos. In Silver Lake? In Silver yeah, Lake. they're kind of house, so like houses. House. So it's like if you have 1.7 for a craftsman that needs a lot of work. Right. Uh, or can you get a condo in WeHo, Culver City, Sawtell... Or can or, you get whole? Or what about like a duplex or something that you rent out one of the units? I'm looking at a townhouse. So I'm gonna have at least two bedrooms. So if I get into financial trouble, I can take on a roommate. Right. Um, a duplex would be nice. I'm looking at a townhouse in Sherman Oaks. Oh, that's not bad. It's really, it's, it's like you know, it's nicer. Yeah. Uh, those are the areas I'm looking at, like Hollywood. How about West. North? Hollywood or like Studio City. I don't know the di- I don't know the difference. Well, Studio City is just I like Studio City a lot. By the way, I think Sherman Oaks is here. And Sherman Studio Oaks is, is north of Studio City. Studio City is like the first exit off of the, like is is just off the four or five. Oh, no, off the one hundred and one. No, so I'm looking at the first exit off the four or five is Sherman Oaks. Yes, that's I'm where saying, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm saying that, but it, but Studio City is is just from here. Like you oh, go uh, north. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see. But my office is going to be in, in West L.A. Okay, yeah. Then so it's going like, to be a little tricky. Sherman Oaks is like four or five down boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sherman Oaks is a little bit easier. Although, you know, we're... we're Cold Water Canyon or whatever. Minor. It's minor. These are minor differences, though. Because it's still... Studio City, you can still sneak over the hill. But it's an extra, like... There's, yeah. But it's also, if you find something great, is it... You know, yeah. Whatever. True. So. But either way, yeah, that's, a, that's news. Breaking news. It's breaking news. Might be listing my house that I don't want to list. Delete name that I just said. That's my message to myself. Um, I'm putting this closer to you because you're... Although, 15 years ago, aren't most of those people dead by now? In Hollywood years, that's a lot of years, you know. You know how like everyone from Glee is dead and has killed themselves now? I don't think anyone's alive from the TV show that was made in You sound like a provocative radio host. I don't understand. I don't understand why you're making such a connection. I'm not trying to provoke anything. I'm just trying to... You know, the, my, point, my point is though... Also, yeah. I really am not understanding a lot of your Instagram. I mean, Twitter. I really don't get it. I mean, it's it's, it's almost it's like it, to me. I'm thinking like Scott Adams intentionality. Oh, what would you? What 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 do you don't? What do you not under? What's what's baffling you about? Some of it is just so not you. Interesting. But how, but maybe you're so much sharper. Than what I present myself as. Well, what do you think? When? Do you, how do you see me being dull? Like most of your posts. 
Okay, but like, what well, what kind of posts? Bring like up that? like recent posts. Alexa. Also, we can do we can do this in another conversation if it's not what you're looking for. No, but it's interesting that you think I'm being dumb. It's just not. It's just. It's just not my Alec. Yeah. Well, it's not Alec. I mean, some of it is in reference to, you know, certain kind of like passing, uh, passing trends and memes within that very narrow online community. So some of it is probably just stuff that is too insider baseball in a sense for you to get the point. I want more Ben Mora. Oh, uh, that's you know that's that's insulting because. You know, I, you know, I mean, ultimately, he's a... Uh, you don't want me to discuss... You don't want me to get political. Maybe. No, I don't mind that. Well, what's, when, what, what's, what's the Ben Mora part that... Like, what's, the, what's the tone that you're revolting against? It's another layer. You've got a lot of layers. Right. And I feel like what you present on Facebook is... Or whatever the fuck. Twitter is <laughs> not layered like Alec is layered or Ben Mora is layered and every time I see a post I want to edit it you have a very you, you have to accept also that you're you have a you're early you're late Gen X right you're the latest Gen X I, I, am I Gen X I don't know yeah I think you are you're not millennial you're, no. you're not you're late. You're late. You're the. You're like the last of the Gen X. You're the youngest possible Gen X, basically. Yeah, right. Okay. Basic, almost. Yeah. There's something about Gen X is like you and Glenn Greenwald that that need a Ben Mora or Christian Walker to properly filter your discourse somehow. I feel, and I, I know this. And there's something that you revolt, maybe there's a certain blatancy that you revolt against, and you like a certain level of embroidery. Another way that we might put it is I'm a fan of just a whiff of esotericism. So you want it, you want it, you want things to be obscured a bit, and you like it to be even, embroidered. Even if not obscure, I mean, embroidered. Embroidered makes it sound un- and unnecessary. Well, it it is un, it's no it's the the, necess, the necessity of it depends it's on art. Oh, you think it's so you think it's art? Yes. It's like going to Mocha and being peppered with piles of glass in the middle of the room. But different times call for different measures. No, they don't. They do because not in the language of satire. I mean, if not, that's the most time-sensitive of all languages. Satire. Uh, yeah, it's, it's consistent. The most, no, but it's the most time. It's the most satire. There is a level of this. I mean, this is also part of a larger thing that connects to what we were just saying, which is that when you're you when you're accustomed to being in hiding and to being sheepish and apologetic of your views for years and years and years and having to like pretend all the time 
and you develop a language in order to do that and also satisfy your own, um, you know, your, satisfy your inner voice. I'm listening. Yeah. You end up becoming resentful of people who speak more blatantly. That's, really, that's a really good point. That might be true. And uh, I mean, I'm no, I'm, I'm speaking from, from, cause like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. But, but I bad? don't know, I don't know that what you're revolting against is something that's wrong. You know what I mean? And I know, I mean, it's something, it's definitely something that's, it has its, it's, I, I mean, I agree with you in that the ultimate thing to do is to achieve art. But when you're comparing me to Ben Mora, you have to understand Ben Mora is a Bernie Sanders baby. He's a he is a he is someone who got fired for Bernie Sanders, and this was this made him famous. And he's extremely talented and funny. And as you, can, I mean, I'm the one who introduced you to him. But he is a coddled baby in the world of in the world as it is. He is somebody who was immediately given all kinds of things that other people of equal talents are not given, who aren't who aren't Bernie exiles, who aren't like, who don't have the social uh, cushion of having been good people because they worked for Bernie Sanders slash whoever, you know what I mean? There's a whole world of this. There's this whole economy and it's not, and he's the best of in that economy. There's far worse. There's far, there are people who are far less interesting, who nevertheless are highly rewarded for being mildly uh, dissident, but within a safe, socialist, for lack of a better word, context. And it's all very aggravating when you compare them to people who get no such, get no such push. So, I revolt against that too. I could easily, I mean, you know, that's the, I was the, I'm accustomed to, to favoring people in the same way. But, there's something going. There's something wrong about that. There's something unjust about about like you know giving people giving people their good granting people a good person pass simply because you know that you, you're buying into the propaganda that you claim to be against. Well, I do agree that you're on to something. And I'm not. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how to make that out right now. But what keeps coming to my mind is sort of the generational uh, laxity that takes place around most things. Like, um, maybe even wider than generational. Um, if you take, uh, if we're talking about art, and you take artists who, who knew how to paint, a landscape and then pictorials and um, they were trained in studios and had a skill and are now celebrated the, gen the laxity that happens after that is well you know that's tired and old and another generation and I need to splatter my paint on the canvas to express myself um, and that is now art. That is what? That is now art. Right. Um, it's a, it all kind of 
devolves into ease and a lack of talented uh, precision and training and a history that's connected. Like at some point, uh, and I'm not talking about, I'm not putting lumping you in here, I'm just like expanding out. Right. Um, that I don't know, maybe I want to think more about, like maybe you're right that Glenn Greenwald, Ben Mora, myself, uh, like people who have lived under, in a closet or in a, although Ben's young, isn't he? He's super young. Yeah, yeah, Ben hasn't lived in any closet. Um, but I'm talking about, the, I'm talking about how Ben is, and I'm, and Ben is an example. Ben is super talented. So yeah. that's there's a reason I, I told everybody about Ben. But but nevertheless, it he is he is, he. Hi. Hello. Hello. I think we're ready. I think we're ready. Would you like us? Uh, salad of some kind. Caesar's good. You go, you go for it. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'm gonna get start with the Caesar salad, no croutons. Caesar salad. Yeah. No croutons. No croutons. No croutons. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna get the the prime rib. Prime rib. How you like it? Good. Rarest piece you have. The rare, maybe not. Well, whatever is the rarest. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, yeah, yeah. Right, I know you've got it. Sure. Yeah. And I'll go with the second rarest. <laughs> the second rarest, prime rib. The prime rib? Uh, and I, don't th I think I'm good, actually. I'm just going with the baked potato. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. We can't substitute the baked potato. Baked potato, potato mashed potato, french fries. Okay, that's good. Baked potato is fine. Anything? Thank you. You're welcome. Drinking me into truth. Better, there, there are far worse things you can drink yourself into than truth. Far better things, too. Yeah, one better. <laughs> there are only one thing that's better than truth. But I, you know, okay, so maybe I'm biased or whatever. We're all biased because I'm in. The, I'm coming from the same place, and I've been living like like everything else. I've been reevaluating and also adjusting to. The, the changes in the weather and the changes in the stakes and how everything matters. And also, you know, you have to also understand that Twitter is a very particular medium. It's not, it doesn't have the, uh, it doesn't have, it, it, I, I think, for example, that podcasting is a far more diverse medium. Like, there's a lot of things you can do, which is what part of what I'm trying to do here is something that's not being done. Um, and I don't think you've listened to the to any of the episodes yet, or you might find a different, you know, the, the Twitter's is, Twitter's a specific medium where you kind of can only get so cute, and and not just be talking to yourself. You know what I mean? There's a certain okay. There's a certain I don't know Twitter. So well, I, that I know, but you're judging, but you're but you're. But you're judging my Twitter presence. You're like the only. So the only people that come up in my Twitter feed are you, Ben Mora, yeah. uh, Andrew Sullivan, yeah. Ben Greenwald. Uh, do, 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 do you find Charles it? C. W. Cook? Okay. Uh, yeah, you have, you're the you're, you're the gentleman the gentleman homosexual thinkers. Uh, uh, 
Guide to the Galaxy. Guide to the Galaxy list of Twitter follows. Gentleman homosexual. Do you find Andrew Sullivan to be artful? Well, what do you? Okay. No, I mean, what, I mean, I'm not. We're not. Well, I think he's a. I think he's a solid thinker. Um, I don't always agree with him, um, but I appreciate his mind. I think he's a. He's a very well-meaning. Evil. I can see where you would say that. I've been following him for almost 20 years. He has feebleness in certain areas, but not all of them. He is horrible. He is never, ever ahead of the curve. Ever. He has good... I think he has good values. And I think that his peak in career was when he was editor of The New Republic, and he did things like he did publish cover stories by Camille Paglia. So I'm... um, so, uh, Pepper, yes. so my Sullivan is 1990s Sullivan. Same, that's what I'm talking about. And so I, so he gets a lot of um, residual. Oh fuck! This always happens. I'm just like, this is an ongoing plot line. Fucking Omicron. Yeah, I know. The, uh, so he, I get. So okay. So that the impact that he had in the 90s on me. What like has residual value? Mm-hmm. So uh, if he is a little off in the areas, I'm okay with that. Well, that's fine. I mean, you know, you have a loyalty to him. I'm glad that I can especially see why, given what like you're you were coming of age at the time, and he was like this one voice of intellectually hefty, not lefty. Hefty, not lefty. Hefty, not lefty. Also very hefty. Also not very hefty. But at the time, he wasn't hefty. Yeah, he was Barry. I thought he got Barry... I, mean, I, I didn't notice... I didn't know if his appearance till the 2000s, but people were telling me that he was, like, far cuter when he was young, and then he became Barry all of a sudden. I was never attracted to him. No. That's because you were partying with Heath Schuler. My standards are high. Yeah. Well... Also, weren't you, like, not even a gleam in the eye during oh. these times that we're talking about? Well, I mean, in the 90s? No, I mean, I got into... No, but 2000 is when I started my awakening. How old were you? 2000, I was 15. I, got, I started my political awakening in 10th grade. How old are you? I'm, I am... <coughs> I'm 36. You're older than I Great. <laughs> Good to know. Um, how old did you? We're think? not that far apart. No, we're not. I thought, I thought for some reason you were like ten years younger or something. I just have a. I, I'm just. I'm you're just up, as it is, you're eight. Yeah, I'm just. I just have an extremely immature uh, and extremely like you know. I'm just. A, I'm just a very image of youth. Well, you have this party boy life going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm a total party boy. I'm just in this inscrutable whirl of, uh, of hedonism. I expect you to be selling like watches on a commercial that I would see in Vegas. I would totally go for that career, honestly. I practically had that career before I got into politics, before I got into writing and art. Do you know about my background yes. as a merchant? Yes, yeah. your merchant days. My merchant days. Your merchant of Venice... Yeah, my merchant of uh, well, uh, my merchant of city of industry. You were uh, you were 
shy a man. A what? You were like shy a man. Shy a man. Like shy love. Oh, shy love. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess. Shy me. Shy, yeah. Shy. It's gonna. It's gonna be hard to combine Shylock into a Shylockian. Would be the closest we get. We cheat. Um, but I'll take a pound of flesh any day. You know what I mean? As a, as payment. These days, COVID days. Yes. I'll take a pound of flesh. Fuck Venmo. I found a pound of flesh. Flesh me. Where? In Santa Monica. A benefits kind of ordeal. Or a friend with benefits? No. I'm happy about it. Flesh with benefits? Flesh with benefits. Flesh for is it, Does it fit your type of a vaguely Jewy, conservative? Not conservative, oh. but vaguely Jewy, kind of um, intelligent, but very flawed, anxiety prone guy who's a little stalky I mean stalkerish oh stalkerish <laughs> that's a good um, but very persistent I go for the persistent ones you know most 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 ladies do at the end of the day I've seen it happen over and over again yeah well the ladies gaga like to be pursued. we like to be yeah the ladies like to be gaga over that's right this we know this we know. Nothing ever changes. And um, that is why, you know, what we were talking about earlier, that is why cinema requires horniness. Because the, the truth has to be chased. The truth has to be chased. And, and, and visions have to be kind of foisted upon people. Otherwise, they just, they're like, I'd rather read through a Glenn Greenwald, you know. They're like aimless amoeba. They need filmmaker presences to tell them where to go. Yeah, they need to be. To they need somebody to say. They need somebody to say. Oh, you know, you stop trying to stop trying to beat around the bush. Stop trying to paint the wall. Stop trying to have it all ways. This is the way. The way I see it. The way I see it. This is the way. For now. So you're saying all directors are cults? And they of course they are. Of course. Have you ever been on a set? What's a set if not like a? Giant and like a like a fully operational cult for whatever, however many days. You know? That's the beauty of it, and the beauty of it is that you're not trapped in it forever, unless the movie's so good that some people end up being trapped in it forever. I mean, some people never make it out of a certain shoot. We've known many actors and actresses who've been ruined, right, by their by a certain performance. I mean, I'll to cite the obvious one, you know, Tippi Hedren. From the birds is an obvious one. She never made it out of that one. Truly intact. There are other examples that I can't spit off of my tongue, but you know what I mean. Like, but I'm, I'm I, I want to. I do want to. I mean, I'm, I'm, where you want to take it? Well, I'd like to continue our your. I'd like to continue mining, not necessarily on the terrain of Twitter, but I'm excited to hear you express your dismay at, you. at the blat yeah at the at what I what I assume to be the blatancy of some of my tweets, rather than 
rather than the or what I mean uh, rather than the rather than the artfulness with which I could you know the rather than having a ornate kind of bit where I don't seem to be taking sides but I'm making a point in a kind of surprising way at the very end is that sort of I'm, I'm, try, I'm just trying to like you know do the I'm doing the I'm trying to su- compare can you pull up a reason can I yeah, well, you you have to tell me because I'm inscrutable as to what you're actually revolting against. Have you never been called an inscrutable before? Yes, because most people who you talk to don't know that word. Except for the cult leaders you have, you have attached yourself to. I'm sure they know what it means. What's your name? Filthy Armenian. I want to be uh, psychoanalyzed by you. Everyone who has been half-assedly trying to um, distance themselves from their lifetime of devotion to leftism and Bernie Sanders and whoever, however, because of by by you know there were they the pandemic is the code the lockdowns are way too much for them and they've been. They've been reconciled. They're, they're in constant. They're in constant dismay with the fact that like the left is pushing further and further lockdowns, mask mandates, vax mandates, and they're trying to process this all real fast. And they're trying to be like, how can it be that da 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 when when if you weren't when you if you weren't to live, you you saw all of this perfect. You, you saw all this proceeding exactly as it did. You knew that they would be pushing these lockdowns and vax mandates and everything else. 100% because they were announcing their true intentions by the way that they would accuse their opponents. The fascism that they were fabricating was a projection of their own actual desires and of their own uh, their own feeble kind of approach to just about everything in life and every problem in life. So this is a specific... So I can see why you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I see that, but this is a specific sub set of people who are particularly active in my corner of Twitter to which I'm referring in this tweet, for example. But who's reading this? The very people that are the very people that are much of my much of the audience. That, to, it applies to much of the people that I'm at who are actually following. And and to and to the other half of the the other half are people who are highly aware of these particular people. 
who again are very have become very. There's a whole we call them the it's called the post left or the dirtbag left. And I don't know if we've talked about this highly online phenomenon, but it's a real thing because what you because for example, Glenn Greenwald's one of them, big time. Like, and I mean, yet for him there are many other things that he's revolted at, but. But he's sort of like their guidepost. And it's like sort of like, well, you know, where did this all how can it be that Bernie Sanders is now pushing a, a bill that's going to give free N95 masks to all? You know, like it's all in on forced vaccination, no schools, lockdowns, like all in, all in, all in for the left. And they're this is how they're reevaluating their stances, uh, their their lifelong political affiliation. So you know, I was just being a yeah. I'm being a jackass in this in, this, in the tweet you read <laughs> at, at the expense of these people. Okay. So a bit, you know, it's not it's not Tolstoy. How about the how about the Joan Didion one? Is this not to your liking either? Like, call me an optimist, but I truly feel we are months away from the end of the golden era page of being a Yeah. I believe we've been living in the golden age of being a cunt. This has been a golden age for cunts, for being a bat, for being a fucking asshole. This 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 period where of shaming your neighbors, of shaming every single person for not complying. This has been a this is a rare moment in history where such people have been have been able to shine and prosper. And this was an optimistic hope that basically wants this 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 thrall to the virus ends, that will end too, and all the shit that we've been complaining about for all these years, the tide will turn against it. And people will no longer, it'll be, when I say no longer, I'm exaggerating, but I believe the sort of person who ratted out the intern, the unpaid intern for reading Ayn Rand, and ratted you out for being a conservative, will no longer so easily be benefiting from such behavior and will more readily be getting punished for such behavior as they should be. And presumably your readers and followers are on this page. I think so. I mean, because most of them are... If, you're been, if you've been fervently online, you're, you're definitely in a place where... Like, I mean, aren't, I mean why, why don't you understand this? You, you, we've been talking the same tongue for years now. Like, well, the, what I understand the, everything the you say. Right. I just don't see it encapsulated in a tweet. It's not inspiring to um, a, a higher mode of thinking or, a, or even what you just said. Well, I, what I just said is, I said like 5,000 words. Right. The tweet has and a You fair, can't put that in the tweet. You can't do it. You can try, but you really can't. But. But. Some. Okay. I just, maybe I'm just not a Twitter guy. You're, you, I, you know, it's But very, I do like some Twitter. Oh, we did. What about the Joan Didion one? Do you, know, you also find that to be. That well, one was better. That's good. Okay. Um, I'm sorry that you don't get an eight-week course of Vogelin in, in, two, in 140 characters. <laughs> but like... Also, there's a lot of... So, okay, Ben Shapiro. What? Ben Shapiro, one hour ago. Uh-huh. 
like you are under no moral obligation to respect, let alone subsidize, anyone else's personal choices, particularly if they are stupid. That's a good tweet? No. Okay. But it but it follows a recognizable pattern. Which is what? And then he links it to something that um, when you read it, it has the 5,000 words that you just had, and it all kind of fits in a funny world where the tweet, like, doesn't have to be so whatever, but the whole thing together, I can look at it and get it. You see, maybe you're too esoteric. You see, you're expect you want me to be more basic. Like you want me to be more like Ben Shapiro. You want me to state a sort I of. I want you to at least like. Um, you want me to be more broad and basic. No, and, not broad. Not broad. I just want you to at least let me know what's going on. Okay, but I get that. But here's the thing: like, you know, you you have to also you have to pick your poison on Twitter. You can't really. I'm not, you know, Ben Shapiro is a, is a is speaking to to a bunch of grandmas who want to hear about how the same thing over and over and over and fucking over again. I mean, he's unbearable to me. I, I don't mind him, but like I couldn't listen to him. Like I don't, I, what's the, what am I supposed to get out of that tweet? It's he's just presenting something stupid in the culture. There's a million of these instances a day. He's not putting any kind of unique. He's not spin on it. He's not making you think a little differently about it. My tweet about the golden age of being a cunt offers a, you may not like it, but at least it offers something new. It's a new frame on the times we've been living in, in which there are a golden age for cunts. But I have to have dinner with you to appreciate it. But that's you. But there are people who appreciate it without even having, having smelled my Avignon incense fragrance. But I spray it. I mean, you need to have dinner with me to appreciate it. Because your diet consists of Ben Shapiro, Ben Mora, and Ben Greenwald. Glenn. Ben Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, but also when I look at Twitter, I'm just flying through. Right. So I don't have time to... But you're not the you're not the intended audience. I'm not the intended Because you're not, you don't, you're not interested in Twitter. You're just kind of looking at it as if one I'm, of it, a million. It's like a, it's like a very last resort of boredom. Right, so it's not, so it, just to like, but you know, just to evaluate the situation. Because, because before I became prolific on Twitter, or, you know, before I had a following, let's say, I would do, t- I would, I would write the type of thing, theoretically, I didn't write anything, but if I did, I would have been, I would have been doing the type of thing that I would like, what you're saying right now. I would be imitating the, the, uh, broad or like the you know tones of the people with five million followers, with zero followers. You know what I mean? Like I would have, I would simply be, I would be, I would be this great, I would be this like patriarchal, like you know wise presence. Like as we, if I were, as if we were talking, but nobody would care, give a shit about that because who's I don't have five, like who's your audience? You know what I mean? You have to know who your audience is, and they're not interested in, in 
yet another Ben Shapiro. I mean, I've been revolting against Ben Shapiro for 20 years. He's, I've known him since he was 16. I, I've known nothing. Cross paths at UCLA. To me, that kind of basic, broad, conservative... It's not, I'm not interested in that. I'd rather go for the artistic angle, which doesn't see things through this binary political lens. I mean, it recognizes the binaries that exist. Democrats bad. That's 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 a that's just a recognition of reality. When it, especially in times like this, not well, not always the case, but in times like this, and generally through history, that binary has been true. But I'm not interested in like offering cozy little uh, ideological uh, gift packages with each tweet. I'm, I'm trying to you know I'm trying to launch little thunderbolts here, a little there, something esoteric sometimes get people to think of things in a new, more personal way, you know, as golden ages of being cunts, versus this is the liberal empire, and this is the Democrats in power, and this, you know what I mean, like, I'm trying to get people, like, that tweet, which again, I'm not saying it's a good tweet, it's something I dashed off probably while taking a shit today, I, literally, that tweet was, isn't it, is, I try to find spiritual frames for what's going on that people aren't necessarily you know that, that they'll recognize but they're not necessarily using as a frame already you know? the idea that this has been a golden age but for whom these last two to five years it has been a golden age for a certain type of horrible person who has been promoted uh, coddled valorized for doing horrible things cunty things specifically in my view like cunty behavior cunty behavior has been glorified and rewarded for the last six plus years in a major way and this is the golden age that I am dreaming of an exit from you see what I'm saying are you with me are you with me I just wish we could videotape you because you're way more captivating than whom your tweets yeah, no shit. Uh, of course I'm more captivating my fucking uh, couple of words of text. I put a but lot we are audio taping. Yeah. So you get at least some of it, minus the... Yeah, I don't think you get much of it at all. Did you haven't listened to it. Yeah, people don't understand your attractiveness. What do you think they miss? They miss your vibrance, your gestures, your uh, gravitas... <clears throat> you're being over the act of eating but just doing it because you have to uh, your very lovable frustration with everything uh, they don't get that they just get your voice which is very you know good but it's not the same I mean, like, I'm glad that I'm glad that I have more to offer. It's like a dating app, but you're not posting your pictures, right? Well, I mean, it's only a matter of time whether they get glimpses of my physical prowess, essence. I mean, I'm not. I mean, that's another thing. I'm um, I'm feeling like I'm not. I'm not. I'm only. I don't know how to put this, but the, I'm anxious to get rid of anonymity. I'm anxious to get rid of. You're anxious to get rid of anonymity. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm anxious to 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 
I don't, I, I'm not trying to, at this point I don't care. I just don't care. I don't know what I, I don't know what, at certain point it's going to happen anyway. This we know. It's the easiest thing in the world for somebody to, if they really wanted to, dox me or whatever. It's the easiest thing in the world. It takes a little effort, so it's not the easiest thing. It'll be easy, the easiest thing in the world is if I put my, you know, naked, if I just give them the link to dox me with, you know, that's the easiest thing. So it will take a little bit of an effort at so far, and my, my whole philosophy has been no need to give lazy people any help. If, wait till there's a, re, there's a, or just do it myself and not care anymore, you know what I mean? But in the meantime, I don't need to give people, like, the easy way out by just giving them my home address, you know, type of thing. But I don't, I don't know why I'm careful. I don't know, because there's a certain level, there's a certain point where you got to stop being anonymous if you wish to have any kind of impact on this world, right? Through what you're doing. I'm not telling you saying that you should become, go traffic under your name for this right now. I'm just saying, generally speaking, it's a, it's a ticking time bomb. Who do we admire that is, that is anonymous? Banksy? No, he's a piece of shit. He's a fucking, uh, he's a commercial artist. Who doesn't, whose, whose entire value is based on not having a name. So he's like, he's an exception that proves the rule. I don't know, what do you think about the issue of, of what I'm saying? Like, I know from your angle, you're like, holy shit. If you expose yourself, you'll never get work in this town again. Right? Right. That's, that's your concern. Yeah. But the question is, am I going to ever get to work in this town again regardless? Like, what, 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 what am I holding out for exactly? Because it doesn't look like there's anybody who, in this town, who's anxious to fund the kind of shit that I want to make. It's all been, it's all been on, on my own so far. On our own, you know, my partners. There hasn't been any kind of, no matter what's happened, you know that, I mean, even where we got so close, you know the story... Even that, I mean, even that is a, could have easily just been a one-off. And there are other things in the works that are may or not, that, that may or may not come to, come to pass. But overall, it's like, no one is banging on the door uh, in any measurable way. And I'm reaching the point where it's like, I'm no, I'm not a young man. What is it that I'm, what is it that I'm working towards in the, you know, quietly anymore? I have stuff that I really like that I've created, and it's just like it's the same labyrinth of you know they're, it's, they, all they're looking for is diversity shit in terms of what to actually propel. What's going on exactly? That what that that depends on the machine. Is it maybe time? Is it maybe time to consider that that one has to that it's that it's, that, it's, that it's on us to make anything happen. And if it's on us to make anything happen, then why are we, why are we going to be afraid of them? Does that make sense? I mean, I'm, I'm, this is what I've been wrestling with. Because, yes, as early as five months ago, I'd be like, of course I would, you know, why, why expose who I really am and burn bridges? What, are we, what, are, what, what bridges? I mean, you tell me, because you're more, you're actually, you're still operating, you're still casting movies. Technically, technically I am. No. Enough that you know. Well, you have your other career. Listen, 
I'd like to get into by the way, but it doesn't have to force it. But I like to get into it as a as it relates to your casting director. All right, well, but not now. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't want it to. If it's verboten, we'll verboten. Well, like I'm, I'm not actively pursuing movies right now. Um, I'm transitioning, and the transition is getting to be complete. Uh, there's a few movies that I might do, sequels to past things. That's about it. I don't have time. You'd rather be a therapist. Yeah. And a therapist still for mainly for actors? No. No. Is that no longer even part of your specialty? Just for idiots like me. What? For idiots like me, man. What do you mean? Oh, no, I mean just random crazy people like me. I like I like random crazy people. You, 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 you I have no... You give counsel to their Twitter accounts, how they can make it more... Uh, gentlemanly homosexual. Gentle, yeah, to the gentlemanly homosexual who doesn't really look, go to Twitter. You definitely want to appeal to the person who doesn't go to Twitter if you're on Twitter. Yes. This is the essence of Freudian uh, uh, Twitter account psychoanalysis. You must appeal to your absent father in your tweets. Don't go to the id of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost fully... I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to be licensed in a couple of months. In September, I'll have a full practice on my own. And that's it. Like, I'm not going to be doing any Hollywood shit. And yet, you're now going to be in a position where you're even more afraid of opening your mouth. Because it's my only source of income. Right. No, but I'm saying that, but that even that world... This is what I'm trying to. Oh, do. that world is worse than Hollywood. Worse than Hollywood. The world. Let's, let's get this on the record, please. Psych. The American Psychological. Uh, sorry, the American Psychoanalytical Association, whatever the fuck the acronym is, um, is much more woke and has been completely taken over than Hollywood. Hollywood is diverse in a way. You can make an independent film in Hollywood. Um, Steve Bannon came up in Hollywood. There's an audience for conservative material. There always will be. So there, you've always got that. In the analytic, psychoanalytic world, it is like a takeover. It's like easy pickings. I mean, all of these therapists and psychoanalysts have been... I, I went... So I will sit through a conference that they have twice a year and I've stopped attending because it's just absolutely pointless it was like a year and a half ago I was so excited to attend the their, their annual conference and there's these great papers they had set up and talks about how to do particular kinds of therapy um, using for example Proustian ideas or Platonic ideas, Socratic ideas, just great stuff, great stuff. And then, but the conference was like a month and a half after George Floyd. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I sign on to the conference. The paper, all the papers have been changed. The, the, the topics and the panels have been changed to, you know, 
um, how to take psychoanalysis out into the community and be an activist. And that was like the, the, like the, the, the introductory um, talk for the whole conference was scrapped and was given over to um, the need to give up your white, um, your white uh, privilege and blah, 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 blah. So the whole like hedge, the, the, the like head of psychoanalysis, the whole association, it's been completely wiped out. There is no longer, at least at that level, um, psychoanalysis proper being done. It's now community activism. It's a, it, it is probably the most heinous incident of woke, you know, you know, of course corporations can be taken over and things like that, but not all of them. Psychoanalysis is in like a fishbowl. Well, it, it, does it not, I mean, no offense, but does it not kind of, does it, does it not kind of refute the legitimacy of psychoanalysis as a field, that that can happen? Because if I'm going, because it's one thing to say racism is the real virus, you know, like doctor, like all the fucking. Remember when they said racism is a real virus, um, and they said, you know, go out and protest in the middle of the pandemic. It's racism. It was a straight face. But if you go to the doctor, he's not going to try to diagnose you with racism. If, if you go to a physician, something's wrong with you. He's going to give you some other diagnosis that's ostensibly real. But if this is what you're saying is true, then the entire psychoanalytic profession is literally. A scam. No, I mean an analyst is not going to diagnose someone as racist either. No, but like in the but I mean what's so what's going to like in the BLM? So what happened? So I don't know yet, but okay. um, at least what I'm observing is at least the ideals and the ideology of all psychoanalysts. You have to subscribe to BLM. Right. There's no dissent. I was on. The, so I was on the on the Zoom. It's all Zoom, right? And or it was back a couple a year and a half ago. And I was in the text. So before they had learned that they could turn off the chat function, I was in the chat function. And they were they were like endorsing Biden and um, really like tr you know Trump is Hitler type of stuff. Right. And so I would put in the chat box. I was like. I would make comments like, so is the AP, APA, APSAA or APA, whatever the fuck, APSA, is it now endorsing political candidates? Right. Because they never have in their history. And I got responses in the chat box that were like, identify yourself. <clears throat> um, it was like a, a scary episode of like a I don't know like an Orwellian Zoom call right where because I could say anonymous when I posted right it, right, it was right. driving them crazy and right. I got into it okay, I was good. posting shit like I was really thinking about it and I copy I like saved it all and right. now they don't allow chats you didn't accuse them of perpetuating the golden age of being a cunt by any chance 
Well, being the gentleman, you wouldn't go that far. Um, but the whole society's been taken over. So if you look at the program now of the upcoming APSA uh, conference, yes, it starts and ends with. You're welcome. It starts and ends with panels that are focused on disowning your whiteness and how to be a non-racist psychoanalyst. That's all the panels in various forms. So it's just a matter of ignoring this little thing and doing your own little thing, or what's going on? Well, you don't know what's going on. The thing, the thing about being a bear, <laughs> you have COVID? Huh? No, I just pepper. Just ground pepper. I don't have COVID, just uh, fresh ground pepper. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, if you, as a therapist, you operate independently. Right. So each client that I have is not being overseen by an organization. Okay. So lovely. These are these are solid medium rares. I think they're not too bad. Medium rare. That's only that. Okay. It's doable. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. I should have taken a picture of Lady Gaga when I had the chance. She's gone. Fuck. Yeah. Really, sometimes I forget to take pictures on these uh, engagements, and it really pisses me off. <clears throat> but continue. So, it's much more dangerous in my profession. Than it is in your previous, your new profession than your old profession. Because they can just get you just bought, like basically just dis dislike what is it like on uh, defrocked or whatever different profession but same idea. Yeah. And uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, I don't have a few money. Yeah. Good stuff. Good looking. Good Thank looking. you so much. Yeah. Don't mean to interrupt the, the recording. I was like, I didn't oh, enjoy. No. Oh, no. make sure you enjoy everything. Yeah, everything's great. Thank, Thank you. you so much. you know, just never going for therapy, is 
only being justified by the things you're telling me, which is a how in the world could you expect me to pay money to spill my soul to the type of person who is produced by that system and by that cult? I mean, it is a, it is a to me, that's a cult. And it's no cultist. offense because I think cultish, that's fine. Like cults can, I'm not, a, I'm no longer as anti-cult as I used to be. Because um, I used to be ideologically anti-cult, but I've, ha- I have, I've, I've become more wizened on, on that than I used to be. Because I feel like there are, you know, cults have their, can have their place and cannot, and are not necessarily worse than their absence for certain people. If you know what I mean. Like I, I, I it seems like there are certain people who are able to, I mean, depending on the cult, let's be, you know, like, there's certain people who seem to be doing just fine, I mean, and better than those that don't have a cult, because <laughs> there are all kinds of cults, and sometimes if it's not one, it's the other. Uh, I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather be dealing with a Mormon, if you were to, if you were to, you know, think of Mormonism as a cult, in its cultish version, rather much deal, much rather deal with a Mormon than with a BLM fanatic. Any of these people you're dealing with, and uh, I'd rather deal with a Scientologist. Let's just take it a little bit, make it a little bit more even. I'd rather deal with a sci- sci- like the average Scientologist than the people you're dealing with. Um, Hard to name a cult I wouldn't rather deal with. That's like a cartoon, like you know, in the cartoonish cult department, than what than the kind of state-sanctioned cult that you're dealing with, and that we deal with in the in show business when we have to, like when you know when, when we have to deal with them. It's really, uh, you know, it, it's disheartening because you think of analysts as having pretty sharp minds. Um, you have to be pretty intellectually rigorous. I mean, and, and then it comes to this topic. Yeah. And you just watch people hunger in front of your eyes. Um, and it's at, at the most. I mean, at the, at the at best, it's just really disappointing. Right. People who, who even if you did go to them. The masks, like, oh, I don't know who our waiter is. They all look like the same person, if you know what I mean. With the masks on. With the mask on. With the mask, With on. The mask on. That's what I'm talking about. What are you lacking? I, I wanted to get that, this glorious ranch dressing that I wanted to get to. Fries and accoutrement of the baked potato. That's mainly. Oh, and a cup. And I also want to order coffee so I can lubricate my throat. How late are you staying up these days? Very late. Very late. Hello. Are you are you responsible for my table? I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, I would like ranch dressing. You, you're out. Never have ranch dressing. Oh, only have blue cheese. Okay. Half an island. Um, bring the, just, just, just bring the, the Thousand Island, just Thousand Island? And, and, and I'll also have a coffee. Coffee? Like cream sugar? Bring some cream just in case, but most likely I won't use it. Alright, thank you. 
Actually, no, hold, hold the free. I just remembered. Hold yes, the free. Okay, yes, got me. Toss and I. Yeah, thank you. Why do I have an image of them having the most glorious ranch dressing? And it turns out they don't have ranch dressing. You see how unreliable the human memory is? I wasn't here that long ago. So, what time are you going to bed? Like, like I'm averaging 5 a.m. at this point. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm just... Often I'm working at the latest hours. What are you working on? I mean, I'm writing things. I'm doing... I'm at, you know... Uh, I'll be editing this, I'll be writing something, I'll be whatever. Nothing good happens. Well, it is, it, it's, it's good if I'm actually being disciplined about those late hours. If I'm actually putting in the work from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. or whatever, or 12 to 4, versus dicking around and only putting in an hour, you know what I mean? What I did was like, rather than my usual time was like, let's say 2, and I was like, well actually, I'm getting more work done between two and five than I would if I got in the early hours I would gain if I... So that's what kind of kept pushing me. I was actually getting stuff done late. I wasn't, it wasn't just like fooling around late. That's why I kind of tilted in that direction. Maybe I'll try to mix it up now and try to... I'll see if I can, if, if the, I can make the morning. Uh, yes, thank you. You want any sugar, sir? No sugar. No sugar. Thank you. But who cares about what I'm waiting for? The point is, who cares? You know, what does BLM have to say about I care. Is 5 a.m. at, is, is that, is that anti-racist? I care about your health. Oh. Yeah, I know. Do you still care about actors as a thing? Not, not individually, but... You used to really love actors, you know, like, I feel. I mean, you used to love them as a creature, as a, you, you, it was your role to play, put them in the right place in life. It was. And I really did like and enjoy, and I was impressed by their bravery, their skill. I was also enormously disappointed constantly by them. And in what, in what ways were you disappointed beyond the stereotypical ways of them being flakes? Oh, not about them being flakes. Um, I always had high expectations for every audition. And so when someone would come in, I would think, you're going to be good. This is going to be good. And the number of times someone was good was maybe like once a day. You know, a full day of auditions. What was the, okay, so what was the disappointment, was the disappointment, was it that you overestimated them, or is I it that... I wanted everyone to be good. But you weren't, you wanted everyone to be good, but clearly, you, you did you expect them to be good, and they didn't, you felt like they didn't give it their all, or they, like, or is it just you miscalculated their talent? I so want people, I so wanted them to be good. And when they weren't, I was personally disappointed by it. I'm trying to determine where exactly the idealism landed. My idealism, my idealism was just torpedoed and I wouldn't give it up. Every day. Because, the reason why I wouldn't give it up is because once a day, someone would come in 
and the whole room would disappear and I would like fall in love in a way and there would be a connection I would feel like we're not in an audition anymore and it was so worth it kind of like a high but the rest of the day was shit Because people suck. Actors are awful. You, you never saw, you don't sit in. Uh, I saw quite a few auditions when we worked together that one time. I mean, most of them were really bad. Some of them are good. But there was a shit ton about. I mean, you know, you were like. Well, part of your job is. I screened them out. Oh, yeah, you did. But some of them were still like. Yeah, true, you did screen the worst ones out. But we saw no some. one sees the worst ones but me. Yeah. But even among the ones that made it through, there were some pretty bad ones. Yeah, that's how that's the state of acting. Yeah. My goal professionally was to make a act a, a session with you with a director or producer the least painful as possible. Right. And I would do back bends. I would call in people that weren't right for the role. Just so they, because I know they wouldn't suck. Yeah. No, I remember that tactic of yours. And I mean, I actually, I mean, I have a lot of feelings about specifically the auditioning process, which maybe I'll save for the bonus ep when we talk about our actual historical personal experience working together when we first met. But because I, I, for now, my, my, I'd like to get into more of the abstract element of it, which is. The, the meaning why is it that they suck like okay. discounting talent because okay there's obviously you're dealing with a lot of people and especially you, you're used to specializing in independent films so you're dealing with people who are on the more available side of the business which is by the way lots of big names I mean lots of guys you would think lots of women you would think are, are should be high in demand but they're they're auditioning or even scale work um especially because it's an independent movies have a certain cachet that characters that an actor interesting like. characters yeah right and we made it a bit of a I mean you know our characters are quite a challenge but it's always a challenge I'm sure that's frequently the case so what is why is it why do they why did they suck then before we even get to why they suck now against their humanity or themselves and so everyone would come in and like act and it's just fake and I have no idea who they are I have no idea they don't tell me who they are they tell me who they want me to think they are and it's just mindlessly drone after drone after drone of these people who could not be less authentic 
like the opposite of a risk taker, like someone who would like choreograph a risk before they came in, and it would just be stale. Or if it was interest, someone interesting, I would ask them to do it again. And they do the they couldn't veer off their script. And so even if they faked me out the first time, they repeated the story repeated, a little too carefully the second time. Yeah. And like, oh, here it comes. They're gonna look at their watch on the third line. With that, that, that what you thought was a spontaneous yeah. flourish. So it just becomes like programmatic, robotic, soulless spiritual decay of humanity. What do you blame for this? Because, I ask because, I, I want to, again, discount the lack of talent. Because that, that kind of like, that, that if it's just that, because somebody listening to this description might say, well, that's just, these are bad actors you're talking about, right? But let's zero, let's 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 uh, shrink the pool to good actors, that are like people who are those who have dem demonstrably done good work, who are disappointing you in the same way as you're saying about these other people. They would usually not disappoint me in the same way. Oh, okay. So right now we're just talking about the horde of mediocre to worse actors that you wish you, you you were sort of you saw something in their humanity that you wanted to give a chance to and they would never or they would all too infrequently reward that faith optimism. your optimism with a bunch of bullshit like, like painful painful experience and is it, is it just that you think they shouldn't have been actors? Like, or is it that they're like, I mean, you know, you've dealt with so many. Are they fine? Yes. They, I'll take, oh, I have some. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I was going to ask for more coffee, but you have this nice little pot here, so I'm good. That's good. Yeah. You were just demoralized by all the shitty actors you had. I would forget every day. Well, but that, you have to. That's a good habit. And I would come in and then like be waiting for someone to be really special every single day. But your innocence was palpable to us when we talked to you that first time. How so? I mean, the fact that you just the fact that you connected with it, our script at all. You know, it's not a guarantee. Very challenging story we were trying to get, we were trying to film. And you connected to, I mean, you, were, you connected, you were engaged, and you were excited by it. Now, maybe that's because you were being as generous as, as to us, uh, or as optimistic about us as you are about, you know, every, uh, every uh, day of the locust, uh, Kansas, uh, uh, you know, uh, want to be starlet that passes through your doors, but you were nevertheless, you know, you had a certain youthful exuberance and intellectual connection, which we, you know, we, we were not not accustomed to finding intellectual connections of any kind in this world, even among people we liked a lot. 
especially when there was no uh, ulterior motive involved in the sense of connection to the story for a personal reason, blah, 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 you know. You're not, you didn't, this didn't touch your, you weren't like, you didn't see yourself in this fucking movie. But, reason why I was so attracted to independent films and probably stayed there is similar to the similar to how excited I get every day with actors. I love good material. Like I love right. I love a good script. I love good characters because that means even if I'm dying every day auditioning people who should never be actors the script is good. Right. And I can at you least, have something to fight for. I can, I can like... The script is your cause. The script you have is a cause, cause to fight for. Yeah. Like, I know that I'm going to do this script service. Right. Eventually. It's just going to take time and it's going to suck. The process to get to where I want it to be. Yeah, I mean, you have, I mean, ultimately you have all the power. It's your casting couch. You can use it. You know what I mean? It's your couch. You know what I mean? Now that I'm single, I really can. You really can. Well. I'm single. <laughs> the, the person who, is, who will not give you his name is single, everybody. Uh, alert. He who shall not be named is available. Memphis Stoffelis. Is that your uh, online avatar? Don't think that means he's from Memphis, folks. He's not. But do I love actors? Yeah, I love actors. Even, Still? Even the pathetic ones. Is it because you just love all of humanity in a very Christ-like way? No. Or specifically you love actors? Specifically, I love actors because they're idealists. And their ideal is themselves? Is their, ide- is their ideal themselves? Or is their ideal, what is their ideal? I think in many cases, their ideal is becoming another person. Temporarily. Dare I say the horrendous word empathy, which I hate, and has been absolutely drained of all. It's not empathy. Okay, good. It's Thank God it's not empathy. Thank God. Fucking empaths. Fucking hate empathy, yeah. No, it's more like. Uh, I think they're. I think maybe in a way they're all seeking that kind of spiritual connection, a divine connection to um, the muse, a muse, who, who starts in the writer, and they want to be a vehicle to, um, it's, it's a vehicle. From the, from the writer to the audience. But it's a beautiful vehicle. Of course. I'm a big fan of beautiful vehicles. I mean, what's more American 
than a beautiful vehicle. Is this the ad part of the podcast? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not shilling any particular. I'm not. Sh- I'm not shilling, shilling the Cadillac XTS with its excellent four-wheel drive. It's quadruple airbag system, safety system, and affordable monthly lease currently going on at Ada's Glendale Cadillac. <laughs> but, no, but it is... I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. They're vessels. They're vehicles. And, and their commitment to being that is charming. A hundred percent. And, yeah, there, there are some actors who are only into themselves. But, you know, they're more like... I, I, I didn't see a ton of them. Because they weren't coming in for these parts. Right. I mean, and it, you know, I have to say, I mean, just to, to not, that my, not that my views are the most interesting here on this topic, but clearly, I mean, you know, the story we brought to you, the cast, is all about actors and, and actors as a metaphor for something very something extremely meaningful as a stretch we thought that actors were a valid artistic and an actual not only metaphor but something like a real like the type of metaphor where no this is what it's actually literal it's like we felt like this is a, a living metaphor for how the characters in our movie and the people and the entire culture they represent have to behave as actors um so I've always been enamored of actors, and I think America has always been enamored of actors. Even it's as our, it's our royalty. It's our I mean, it, now you'd say, okay, in Britain it's literal royalty. In Britain they get they get royal status almost for you know they they, give, they grant royal status to actors, and we get it from there. And here it's kind of the difference between here and Britain, and in other I think more. Uh, uh, arist- uh, 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 traditional aristocratic countries like Russia, like uh, anywhere, which have like long theatrical traditions. Uh, the difference is that in Britain and in those places, acting, and I'm, I'm being simplistic, obviously, but in those places, acting is its own role. It's like there's the village actor, and this is a respected role. We highly respect it because we have a rich theatrical tradition, or we don't respect it. Some places they don't respect it at all, and they shit on the idea of an actor as a basically as a whore, an elaborate whore. And that's that's always that's even in other places like it's always been the case. That's always been part of the tradition. But but here it's de- there's a se- there's a certain decentralization of acting, which has now reached the point where literally everybody's an actor because they all have an Instagram. I'm talking about everybody of a certain generation, obviously. Millennial and younger, they all have they all have an Instagram. They all have a stupid TikTok or a stupid whatever, and they're acting uh, all the time. And their and their entire sense of personality is this social media performance that they carry on even to some of their closest friends. I mean, like if you're young enough, and even if even people up to my age. There are people who all their friends kind of communicate through social media performatively. And many times, to- most of the time, it looks like a horror show. Because they're not, there's no, um, they're vehicles for 
nothing in particular. They're not vehicles for a great script. They're they're trying to they're vehicles they're, they're just like vehicles for the sake of they're going in circles. It's yeah I don't know what to even say about that. Uh, it's not well, but I, other than to say it's not acting. It's well well when you say it's not acting, it's performance. Right. I mean, pure acting, I think, requires an actual opening to something that's higher. But it takes skill, it takes talent, it takes that thing that allows you to open yourself spiritually. Um, and it's dangerous. It's like a very dangerous art. Because if you actually do it well, if you open yourself to some news or... Let's say you're doing a role of a serial, then you cannot be unaffected by that influence and be darkened by it if you're doing it right, if you're doing it well. And that's why Plato said the only people who should do the evil roles are slaves and foreigners. Because it's an actual dangerous art. In other words, you cannot separate the art from the artist. If you're doing it well. If you're doing it, if you're doing it the right way. Or, I should say, if you're doing it in a way that is truly divine. Yeah, I, th I agree with that. Um, I agree that essentially, you cannot depict monstrosity without being a little monstrous. Without becoming uh, almost a champion of it while you're doing it. Right. And then there's a carry -over. Right. That has to be. Yeah. People die. But, but then this goes to the point of like... Well, look at the actors who did it the best that we know of. Philip pleasure playing roles that are just really over the edge of psychopathy. Well, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you unleash if you become a vessel for Satan. I mean, you it's might going lose, to, you might lose control. You might and then, and I'm sure that, I'm sure there are ways to regain control. Yes. But there are many. I mean, look at Norman Bates. I mean, you know, not that he even played a satanic role, but he was just. How can you separate his role from Psycho from his life? Like, it, it was a tumble down the stairs from there, basically. And I say this like I also revolt against the idea. You know, as you know, I'm not the greatest believer in the method and at all and I am a big believer in like the, profe the classic professional like show up do your lines you're pretending but you can do it really well to the point that nobody can really tell but you might be but you don't believe in that you believe that it's like 
or maybe that just only that applies to a certain range of characters and not to it works for comedy. It works for comedy. Love it, but even for dry, like, I mean if there's any pretending involved. Well what about I mean, what would you say about somebody like I mean like Laurence Olivier or people like that who gross. Gross? Humanly gross or you don't like their acting? It's pointless to me. The acting is so actorly there's no way to access it. It's all bombast. So, but then, so you do dump the entire like Shakespearean tradition tradition of acting and all. Basically, I mean, Not he represents all of that, right? I guess there are other examples like Gilgood. Is that how you pronounce his name? The British. He was a major British. John G I E G U L D. I haven't seen him much in the films, but he's. I mean, he's considered to be like the greatest actor of his time in Britain, and he was mostly on stage, and he's been in some movies. But, but you're not, that's not your, it's not your bag. It's not my bag. It's somebody else's bag. I'm going to relate to someone who can bring Shakespeare to a level that you would get when you read Shakespeare. And that takes extraordinary skill to, um, to make a long ago language hit home, hit the heart. Yeah, but forget the language part. I'm just trying to categorically... Yeah, I get what you mean. But, you know, language is relative. In the 30s, that language is not as... If I'm watching an actor, I don't want to be acknowledging his greatness while I'm watching him. That's is a, it possible... But is that possible not to happen? Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. When do you forget... I, okay, because this is something that I've been noticing a lot, okay? And, and, and since the pandemic got kind of, became a uh, reality, not just a phase. I've been noticing that even what I thought was great acting, for example, the show Succession. I don't know if you watched that show. And I feel like it could easily, just as easily be my perception as it is, as it could be anything that's actually changed or gotten worse. But like it felt to me like that to me that's the best acted show on TV. That's that was my feeling before this last season. And then this season, for several episodes, I felt that for several of the characters, I I'm like, oh, this is. I you see the fat you see the fabrication uh, in a way that you were easily able to not see. Water, water, water. I think. But you want some more water? It's like, it's like the human version of, you know when you have the TV on the wrong setting, the, uh, the motion setting or whatever, and like the, the characters are it like, looks a little too it looks like a super soap opera, yeah, it looks yeah. too real. It was just like, it was like that, but not, not too real, but too, but like, there is the, 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 the performativity and the scriptiness of it. Really pop, like it was like out of out of focus for me. My guess is though that you did not feel that way towards uh, Jeremy, um, the dad. What? No, the the second son. Oh no no! I 
The sec which one is he? Is he the uh, the young the Calk the the Macaulay Culkin brother? No. The drug addict? Yes. I, I you know I don't want to say with certainty whether I felt that way, but I, I don't want to say with certainty, but I felt like it was almost the whole scene felt a little off for several of the episodes. Not that not a hundred percent. I mean, I, I still think it's great, but. And, and like I, I never Culkin. felt it with the dad. I never felt it with what's his name, Mr. Logan. Or I mean, to me, he's the as good, good as everyone is in that show. I don't know if I would have stuck around for this. And but I don't know. And yeah, I mean, he did a great job. When you're talking about Jeremy or whatever. Um, and I and, and and my impression is not about a specific actor, but it was just about the scene, like. I started to notice in ways that I didn't care. I didn't care to notice before. That's why I'm like I'm putting it on me first. But I, I vote. But I, but so far, uh, these impressions of mine, I don't think have been. I don't think they've been completely irrelevant to reality. I noticed that Shiv and Kieran Culkin did get a little stale, but not spontaneous. Okay, so you noticed it too. And they and definitely Shiv was part of the scenery that I'm talking about. They felt stiff, and but it felt like a you know this is something that's also happened in other things I've watched that other contemporary things where I'm trying to dig I, I I'm, I'm uncomfortable with how to haven't stated it out explicitly to myself yet beyond the level of something something is faker about this than it used to be and I think that at a very from a very neutral level I feel like there's a certain pace of life that has changed and on TV, it is still it hasn't changed. It, it, it is it is stuck in 2019 pace of life. Like the lin the, the the pace of linearity has changed. And on TV and in and in new movie whatever like it's the same as it's the same sort of because okay so first of all. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to. You can't listen to these rantings on a well, I have to, full bladder. Well, you have to change your tape. I have to powder my nose. Right. I don't have to change my tape. It's just going to be running, and it's going to hear me mutual this whole time. Inner dialogue. You need to. You need to powder your nose. Are you doing all right with the meal? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you got You got You got to guard it against that radio glare. You know that radio shine. Listen, they want a black woman, James Bond. Give them a black woman, James Bond. Picture this: Zendaya Zelensky, president of the Ukraine. 
the Ruskies invade, but what Putin don't know is that Ukraine has acquired a secret weapon, black girl magic. And maybe we can get that lady Gaga with the huge tits over there to play Zelensky, huh? Let me go talk to her. Oh, shit. Right. She's not black. Are we sure James Bond has to be a black Two martinis, not one. How about a third? No. I I'll join you if you take a third. I have to drive. That's right. Can you move to LA already from the, the fucking your little experiment in the boondocks? I. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The notion that it's farther away than Santa Barbara is annoying. Is it farther away than Santa Barbara? It's the same. Okay. Lengthwise. Practically the same. This really cute guy just walked in. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he's cute. And then I heard him say to his girlfriend, um, oh my god, look at the phone booth. That is crazy. Uh huh. And then you lost all interest. Phone booths. Millennial. Yeah. No, but that's look at him. He's at least he's interested in in these wild artifacts History. of the ancient of ancient past. Yeah, it's Chuck. So is he gay, or in your estimation? No. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah but if he's an actor, he's at least if he's you know he's at least professionally gay, gay. Yeah. Or no, gay for gay for placement, gay for casting. You know. Bring back the casting couch, please, because look at how ugly everyone's gotten without it on, on screen. It is bad. We've I got, still we're have dealing at like 60-year-old fucking female superhero leads. Come on. Please. Enough. You know what I mean? No. You haven't noticed this trend of, like, middle-aged women being playing roles that, that are, like, 18, that should be going to 18-year-olds in superhero movies and... All this crap. I'm not cool. I don't want to get into it now. But there's like a whole litany of this way over it. Like, what's her name? Uh, I, I, I'm fuzzy on all their names at this point. But I'll send you. I'll send you links. I'll send you links. I'll send you links. Send me links. I'll send you links next time it comes up. I'm so interested. Yeah. Uh, but, but either way, it, no. But I, you turn on the TV and everyone's up there, honestly. Like it's, it's bad. Like in, in, in terms of average content, I'm not talking about like. Which all content is average, it feels like now. But listen, I don't want to get into that. Um, all right, take us back. Where, where do you want to go? No, I mean, I wanted to go. go I, we were picking up off where. <sighs> where there's a certain ineffable uh, fakeness that has entered acting, it seems to me even among the same 
even if nothing has changed, and I feel like there has been a shift in the plates, the tectonic plates of audience and stage, audience and screen, and in terms of our, and I was, I think I was about to talk about time and how the whole point of a movie, like not the whole point, but the the essence of the language of a movie or you know a movie like show is that it's a di- it, it, it's, it works at a different time like 24 frames per second it's a, slower than life it's more everything's kind of a little bit more uh, underwater than in life and, and it's more invested the moments are invested in a way that in real life you know we just like I just like swing my hands around you know like nothing's there um, it, 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 it operates at a different time and we're used to that time as a as a as a sort of dramatic linearity or timing, you know, uh, whatever, the pace, there's a certain pace that feels cinematic, and there's a pace that does not. Reality TV does not feel cinematic. Reels far more, you know, chaotic. But somehow I feel like the the connection, the relationship between time on screen, the way time works on on screen, and time in this world now, that relationship has been complicated in ways that has made the screen time feel less important. Go! <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've utterly confused you and that you'd rather go back to the bathroom right now. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I don't notice a difference in 24 frame per second actors. You, you don't notice a difference in the stiff acting that, you, that, that we talked about in succession. You feel like that was just some bad acting? That happened. Happens all the time. Okay. So you see, it was just especially in a series. Random. When you, get, when you expect someone to be a character, and there's no more spontaneity, and they don't have the capability of expanding beyond what they've created, if you're gonna get some of that. I don't notice it. I do not notice what I'm talking about when I watch anything old, including sitcoms. Like I was just watching Cheers the other night because I did an episode with one of its writers. Um, and I don't notice it because to me the old it's like it, it exists in its own world and it it, it always it, it, it's always had a kind of baroque uh, nostalgia it's, it, well there's nostalgia but it's also just I mean I'm I'm used to the concept of a very old movie I grew up watching old movies so I'm used to the it's a, yeah it's, it's it has its it's encapsulated in a way that I, that is its own thing but in a new show, you're watching someone who's supposed to represent the most up-to-the-moment characters and the most up-to-the-moment situations, right? It has to feel like it's super contemporary when you're watching a show that's set in the very, very present day, as Succession is. And that's where I'm noticing the rift. I'm noticing, like, attempts at sounding realistic, the mode of realism not working as well as it did before. But again, this is just could be my own private thing and, and, and you don't even see it. You don't even see what... You just sniff what I'm talking about. You're just talking into a void here. I might as well be talking into to this uh, little carafe or this little uh, whatever this is called. Honey mustard? No, what's the container called? Genie lamp. It's a genie lamp of Thousand Island dressing. You might call it a boat. My, yeah, boat. Uh, a little boat of South Thousand Island has as much understanding of what I'm saying as 
you seem to have. You seem to have me ranting into the void. You know, it, ha it happens. It happens. You don't see any difference between now and before in terms of actors and in terms of acting and in terms of the overall vibe of the screen. It's the same to you. There's good, there's bad. Well, the acting is worse because, you know, an actor's external qualities have become more important than their internal qualities, for example. So yeah, generally the acting is worse, but not among the actors who are already good. I just mean the actors who are chosen because of what they were born with. Diversity. Yes. You said it, I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you're if, if when if your casting is centered around diversity. Yeah, the acting, okay, the acting right. is going to suffer. The, the diversity actors suck, but but also let's talk about like, have you noticed the same actors deteriorate? You're saying no. You think that Robert De Niro, after his year, after this, like the last five years of him being an absolute a Robert buffoon, De Niro has not been a great actor for a long time. Okay, like probably 25 years. So in your estimation, his decay preceded his buffoonery. Watch him on any episode of Saturday Night Live. It's stiff as a board and not funny. Okay, but that's not... I'll, that's a, it's it, a good indicator. It is it? Yes. Is it? Okay. He just had some classic iconic roles. He's a classic iconic kind of a guy. He's a classic iconic... Yeah. I guess all I'm getting at is that the the the, the romantic the romantic obsession that I and I believe the culture at large had with actors up until very recently is no longer there. But that could be because of political reasons. That's definitely a huge part of it, for sure. But I'm, I'm no, but like I feel like it's never been this low. It's the never actors, been this low. Actors are no longer mysterious. But that's been for a while, but now it's like they're worse than they are. I mean, you well, know. now they're like paraded around as the buffoons that they are. Why is nobody advising actors that this is bad for them? Like, why is, it, why is no one telling them? How is it that there's nobody? Like, that's the part that I don't get. Because I get why they do it. They get applauded for it. They get, they get, they get rewarded for it. But somebody must notice the long, the long term, the long game that's being lost. Are you familiar with cults? Yes. How does that apply again? <laughs> everyone's kind of, everyone's kind of blinded to the truth. If your agent tells you your agent gets fired and outed, and never works in this town again. If your agent tells you something. If your agent says, "Hey, Jennifer Lawrence, um, your political opinions are gonna." Uh, you're going to lose half your audience, then that agent gets fired, outed, dragged through variety, and never works again. Okay, cool. All right, so it's just pure... It's just a, it's just a spiral that's going to eventually splatter to the ground. And... Okay, so on a more... Opti on a more not optimistic, but then something we don't already know. Uh, 
how do you envision, if at all, a way out uh, of this? And will it involve... Because I always think there's a way out. I mean, I think the way out happens one way, or either it happens with a totally re... a totally reimagined industry or a totally new structure of how everyone... which is already underway. I mean, we already see that... we've seen how the culture has been decentralized already. No longer are we all huddling around the same TV, watching the same things. It just doesn't happen anymore. And that's been the trend. But that's but that doesn't mean that we can't huddle around our own things and still be equally enamored, you know, separately of our own of whatever it is that reaches out that, that touches us. How do you see a way out of it? Is it with a totally new crop of people? with a totally new crop and I have some ideas as to who, who, who that might involve but do you see it as being like a new new blood or is it that everyone's going to have an awakening at some point and kind of go back to being good actors who are less stupid and less uncharming and less disgusting and annoying online or do you give up are you giving up a What are you wanting actors to be? Just cool again. I want them to be cool. I want them to be like. I want to be impressed by their by their work. That was always. I want them to be hot. I want them to be hot again. That was always publicity. No, 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 no. I want them to be. You can publicity. I was never. I didn't give a. I was never into the celebrity profiles or anything. All I know is that when I see when I see a certain actor, when I see Logan, whoever the actor is that plays Logan, the British guy, like. That's Martinis. Huh? Martinis. What's that? I have Martini brain. Oh, yeah, Martini. Whatever he is. Whatever. No, no, but when I see him, I'm like, holy shit, how does he do that? That is so cool. Somebody somebody who's actually, I mean, at the basic level, these are people who you fantasize that you would like to be in their performance. Like, whoever, you know, they're able to play characters that you would, you would kind of want at least be in the room with, if not temporarily be yourself like you'd be like I wish I could be like that you know and I feel like this is the oldest connection between audience and actors in the book you want to be able to you want to aspire to them you want to aspire to them and you want to you want to, you want to see them do plausibly do the deeds that are represent the highest form of the highest stakes human action human emotion all the things that you know at your height at your height you, 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 you do experience internally but like be like, holy shit. And to know that they can do it on demand and in any perform, you know, like, to know that you're going to go see a performance by, you know, fill in the net, fill in the blank, and it's going to be great. That's, that's cool. Like, I, that's what I want to see. I want to be excited to watch an actor. I'm not excited to watch any actor. I can't think of a single actor, other than the occasional, whatever, you know, comedic, comedic persona. I think you're right. I agree with you. There's not excitement in watching actors right now. Um, do you think it's the actors, or is it, or what? What other candidate is it? I don't know. Is it that we're, is it that we're all actors and that we're no longer as impressed by acting because no, we're all doing I it all the time? I wouldn't go Sex in the City with it. Well, I, it sounds banal when you say it that way, but but like it's also a very like this is kind of like this is the thesis of. I'm, I'm obviously bastardizing it, but this is sort of the thesis of Freddy Sinellis about the last decade. I don't know if you've read his book called White, which I just read in a flash. 
uh, his very his kind of nonfiction expression of his red pilling. But he makes a very you know for him it's like it, it maps with his body of work as to how post empire post empire we've become like it's become like this hyper awareness of thoroughly constant acting that's going on at all so many levels where before people were just mostly normal. What if, it, what if it's something about um, the great periods of acting happen in periods of decline of empires, but not the actual end? Well, so, do we know that? What is the what is so our creati- creativity is kind of churning when philosophically, artistically, uh, literarily, it, it, it happens when. An empire is going different. Look at look at Britain. Look at um, Greece and Rome. It always happens when there's a period of decline that isn't so catastrophically evident. And it might be that now it's the end. It's no longer like the eighties, which was towards the end. And. It's not, we don't have the time to relish in pure creativity anymore, or fantasy. Yet, it's, it's in a way, it is all we do. In a, in a very low-grade sort of constant hum, which you can identify as social media, you can identify I mean, any platform, um, especially the visual platforms, especially Instagram and TikTok. Even even Facebook is is like this. Like even Facebook, even Facebook is. I notice it to my great spiritual dismay, and that's why I always recoiled from participating in social media up until the last year. But with Facebook, I, I people I knew in real life, normal people, community in the community, you know, lawyers, this that, I would see them become pro- prolific on Facebook. Being, you know, often it's a pundit. Even often they're playing the role of pundit. And they're really bad at it. They're really, really bad. And in real life, they're decent people. I know this. But online, I couldn't help but hate them. And it would get worse and worse the more I'd see them. And at some point, I'd have to mute them because I would literally become violently enraged by them to the point that I would actively dislike them and have only that emotion about them. And and this this was happening to normal people. And it was a performance. It was like they, they, they were in the, the attention economy that is social media inspired them to perform their absolutely shitarded opinions about the politics of the day in the most annoying manner possible over and over and over and over and over again. And it was just horrifying. And so, I don't know what I was going with this, but I don't, I don't even know why I went, I went on this tangent and you were saying something interesting. My bad. No, no, no. You were going with. Um... Oh, my eyes hurt. Um... Oh. Those martinis really did a number on you. Don't drink during an interview. No, no. You should get or drink more. That's my point. You get absolutely schnockered. But. I, was like, I don't know what I was. I don't know what anyway, the fuck I was we were talking about the 
end of an empire, the creativity that happens up until a point where the empire is actually lost. Right. And then it doesn't matter. Well, that's where we're at. We're at a point where, to my endless horror, it feels like art's not being produced. Art's not being produced, and it doesn't matter. And I mean, especially contemporary art. Like other art matters because it matters because I do believe that old art matters, possibly more than it has in a while. I mean, I believe that rediscovering old stuff that you kind of hustled past, let's say, in the last decade, uh, up till 2019. Hustled past in the sense that you're like, oh, you know, this is good. I had my moment with this deep work of art. I had my, my moments with Tennessee Williams. I had my moments with Ayn Rand. I had my moments with Shakespeare. I had my moments with all these things, but ultimately, you know, let's find the next thing. Let's find the next thing. We're hustling. We're, we're, we're moving. So we're getting somewhere. Hey, 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 man. I'm a gentleman homosexual, so... For you, you've always been into the... You've always been in the museum. Museum subscriber, theater subscriber, opera, you go to the opera with your gentleman, your older gentleman homosexual uh, quarter. Careful. Huh? Careful. Okay, I'm just saying in theory. You're, you're taken to the opera by uh, Mr. Uh, Tom Ford. <laughs> no relation. Uh, but I'm expressing kind of my view of things and how, how I believe that there has been a rupture. I mean, for some people, they've noticed, you know, some people have been out ahead on this and have been dis, dis, disengaged for, let's say, five years. No, like Mencken was ahead of this. Mencken? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, so there's been a level where this has been known for a long time. Well, there's a level at which it's always there. That's why. That's what I, that's what we always have to keep an eye on. Because we can talk about decline, decline, decline. It's all the, the it, it decline has been observed. It's been observed forever. It always feels like decline, except for maybe brief periods of victory where like following a war. But even then there were people who thought, "Holy shit, World War 2, this is going to fuck us up forever." A lot of people thought that. A lot of people were just censored for saying that. You know, they were they were branded as uh, uh, Nazi sympathizers or whatever in the lather of patriotic pro-war propaganda. Anybody who kind of, I mean, Mencken had to go into hiding. Mencken Mencken was no longer published during the war. Well, Patterson, a liber libertarian writer, uh, no longer published. He was against the war. Uh, people were not like. There are voices of dissent at all times that say, this is going to lead to our decline. This thing we're doing now in great excitement is going to lead to our decline. So, all I'm saying is, we always have to keep an eye on, like, okay, you know, it always feels like there's always an element of the body that's dying. Let's not assume that that means that it's the end of the empire. It could just be that we ourselves are dying. We, the ones who believe in... Yeah, yeah, this. that's a good way to... So, the body's always dying. But then at some point, you realize there's stage 5 cancer, and you have a very limited amount of time. And again, you never quite know if you're talking about yourself or your culture. And by yourself, I mean you as a believer in the culture. But this is what I wrestle with all the time. Like, 
because I because for me, you know, I'm no longer a spring chicken, and one of my most like the things I forced myself to do the most going back to 2015. The thing I forced myself to do the most was dispense all of my uh, ideological assumptions about the present day and try and give everything a chance. Like that was my that was one of like your flowering, huh? Your flowering. Is that a flower? Oh, that's like me. Became, that's like me being a yeah, being normal for five years and then going right back. And then it's like, oh, now you're just a hard. Now I'm just a hard and crusty. Like, yeah, like just overnight. I'm just worth. I'm just like done. I'm over. So that's the thing. It's like I gave five. I gave it a five year. Happened to coincide with the worst five years in our cultural history, in terms of everything. Like except you know the few shiny dissident. Let's not name what they are. Uh, but but on the other hand, I'm sure there's another way of looking at it where you get, you know it's very possible that in five years we'll say you know what it's a good thing all this horror shit happened. It's a good thing all of these fucked up structures crashed and burned because now people see the truth in a way they've never had before. I mean, enough people see it. That's not going to happen. It doesn't. Not in history. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's just no there's no precedent for it. Maybe. There's revivals. Well, I simply mean that. But the revival is usually just a last gasp. You mean like there's it doesn't happen that the that the institutional cultural institutions that defined a particular quote unquote empire. Not a word I'm necessarily comfortable with as much as. Ellis is and as much as many people are it's a bit of a I don't know you know what scrap it use whatever word you want no no I'm saying I, I'm using it because it helps it helps you know it gives us a it gives us a, a marker to use here I'm, I'm just saying that I've never I've never personally been the decline of Rome type about anything so I just I'm just like do we really know what we're talking about when we say when we like an America to an empire that's in decline yeah we do know I don't know I don't feel like I understand it fully I get it theoretically I get it in broad strokes and I get it like I get it all that but I just feel like it's too easy to just get lost in that abstraction for me a little bit but anyway because like what who's replacing it oh China well, I don't know like how much do we know about China nothing we're talking about western demise yeah but western demise but demise also uh, demise implies a certain replacement and I don't know it what's doesn't implies replacement. it doesn't it just like we just live in a land no for a while for Armenia <laughs> no it might be it, dark, it might, it might be, be dark age for the yeah. entire world but again we have one dark ages to point to, don't we? Or do we have several? Are we just not, are we just like are we just latching latching on to the latest, you know, like the last two thousand years? Well that's what we know. That's the thing. We don't but it's but it's not necessarily twenty five hundred. But that's it. It's not that it's not necessarily dispositive those twenty five hundred years. As a cycle that is going to repeat definitely again the next 25 years. I don't know. I don't know if this is... No, I'm not saying that. I'm just talking about one empire that I live in 
that is very comparable to Britain, Rome, and Athens, and is going in the same direction so far. Is it comparable? In your opinion, it is obviously, but I'm, I'm less sure. I guess maybe because I just don't know that much about. I don't know that much about history, honestly. There you do. I mean, I haven't read all the gossipy Greek historians, and I do want to read them. I just bought Herodotus, 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 the Doter. I just bought. I think it's Herodotus. No, I think you're right. I just bought his hardcover at Barnes and Noble during their big sale. Did you get any books from Barnes and Noble? They had I didn't a, know they're having a big sale. Uh, after Christmas for a whole week, they had a 50% off all hardcover sale. Oh my God. It was beautiful. Everybody went to Barnes and Noble. There was a bustling, hustling. It was, it was like the old days. It was just, we all bought, I bought like a few hundred bucks of hardcovers. Wonderful. Yeah, it was like, it was like with, the, with the hardcovers smack, and sometimes we took the jackets off and, you know, like rolled them up and a little poke right in the butt. It was wonderful. It was, yeah, it was like the YMCA of the 40s. That's another thing, books. But anyway, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the where to leave it except. Except that you're a casting director, even if you're at the party. Your life has been dedicated to your role in life has been to place the vehicle on the proper road. On the prop the right vehicle for the right road, for the right trip. That has been your role in life. And I wanted to get a sense of how, you know, how you see the race, uh, the, the, the quality of the race. Guys, how are you doing over here? Hi. Great. I'm well, what are the dessert options? Uh, let me give you a uh, dessert menu, okay? Okay, thank you. Where am I? They have some interesting things. I'd love to see them. Um, Thank you. Are you done the clear table? Yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm going to just uh, finish off this beef right here. Oh, but thank okay, you. Please. Go ahead. Dutifully. Dutifully. Uh, let's see. So you were asking me... How you view the race. What do you hope to find? I'm very pessimistic about the race now that I'm out of it, so maybe that's part of it. And it's just, you know, so it's tainted already. But I think my pessimism is around um, A, as much as I love the new TV Golden Age. Oh, God. I do. I think there's so much great content being produced right now that's accessible and isn't just like squandered in obscure film festivals that no one ever gets to see. So I like that. But what I did as a casting director doesn't exist anymore. I used to cast these little movies that had really quality scripts. I got to have fun and be creative finding the best actors for these little properties. And then they go to a festival and they'd have like a cool little life. And I don't think that 
world exists. I don't know if that's because of COVID or streaming or what. But um, I think the fun that I had is probably not possible anymore. Um, and then on top of that, who gives a fuck about all any of it? If the ship is burning and going down, it's like, do I, should I care? Well, I mean, that is the final answer. If you don't care, there is nothing else to... I don't. That, I watched Sleepless in Seattle last night because I just want to breathe cleaner air. There is always the past when the present becomes unbearable. Never the future. <laughs> well, I mean, if I mean, you know, you you can't force. You're not in a position. I'm more in a position when I'm talking to myself to say I have to make a decision whether I'm going to drift into the past forever or make a strike out into you know against this monster of total consuming mediocrity that seems to be stomping our way and crushing everything under its feet. And I do believe that no matter what, just in terms of the petty trends, that in terms of like the, you know, things like wokeness and stuff, which in a way are not petty, in a way, in a way they're all consuming, and in a way they're not. In a way it's like the actual, uh, the actual patience for that has run out completely. 100% out. I mean, it's even, even mainstream media now is like, you're seeing the, you're seeing passive aggressive, uh, 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 you know, demeaning references to openness all the time. Because everyone, it's, it, it was, it, it's completely losing its grip. Thankfully, but so that's one good that, that gives a little bit of a, you know, that creates a little a bubble of new life, possibly that you can do something. With. There's new, there's 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 maybe new media. There's maybe new media that that some a lot of it is, a, I think, a booby trap, but some of it might be an opportunity for, for new things that were previously never allowed to enter the, to kind of enter the ether. You know? uh, my, my decision is like, do I, what to commit to? Or what, to, what, what, to what kind of weapons to continue to, to find in this world? I don't face, I'm not able, I'm not gonna be a fucking therapist. <coughs> And I'm not going to go to therapy. We gotta, at least not, not, a, not, at least not by my own will. <laughs> you might haul me into. You might haul me in one day. I'm not going to go go in for that entertainment. Yeah. Guys, any coffee? Latte, espresso, cappuccino tonight? I would like. I would like a new uh, hot coffee because it's cold. Okay. I have a decaf. Actually, can I have a decaf cappuccino? What's your cobbler of the day? Apple. What is it? Apple. Apple. Yeah. So here is the so there's the 1919 Sunday. So decaf cappuccino is that right? And more, this is a regular coffee, right? Sir? Or decaf? Uh, regular. Coffee. Okay. Yeah. I can't have too much dairy though today because of my medication. Okay. But 
me just take a quick look. I thought they had Bananas Foster, but I'm not seeing it. There's a cheesecake. There's a chocolate cake. Here, take a look. See if anything uh, increases your appetite for Western civilization. I mean, you know, my thing is like, I just want it to be good. <laughs> it's vanilla gelato, wild blueberry, custard. Let's do it. But you know, I say pessimistic things like that on a macro level. But I love being a therapist. I love working with people individually and helping them um, over a series of months and years grow. What? What happened? What happens? Screwed. Well, I, I forgot to feed my ear. Uh, oh, too late now. Shit. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they didn't see it. It only there was only like an 18 minute window, but it's plenty of time to get fucked. It's okay. You want to run and do it? It's too late now. It doesn't matter. It's eight o'clock. Yeah, it stops at eight o'clock. So, macro level, I'm a pessimist, but on the micro level, I'm very optimistic. I'm happy about life, my life. I'm happy about the people that I get to work with in therapy. It's inspiring, so much more so than casting. Uh, I'm just like enjoying the decline. Is there anything you miss about casting at this point, even as you're completely over it? <coughs> I mean, so, I, even as you seem to be kind of spiritually over it. Is there anything I miss about it? Yeah, is there something that, is there like a, a certain burst of sunlight that would happen? I miss the free dom subsex on my couch. The, the free dom subsex? You got, so you're, oh, the freeze, oh, okay, I thought you had, like, a couch with three layers, the dom layer, the sub layer, the burst layer, you did have a quite an interesting casting couch, and it had the slings and stuff, I mean, you went all out, you tricked it out. Well, I, I wanted to make an impression, and really give people what they 
unconsciously came in for. Right. Um, I might say that you're the only human being on the planet world who was not taking advantage of the casting couch as a casting You're literally the only person who has the And it is. And you were a young man this whole time. I was in my 20s. You are in your 20s. My 30s. In your early 30s. I was cute. You could have totally, but no. Your couch was plastically, plastic covered. There was police tape surrounding it. You were, you were pure as a driven snow. If I could go back. All the fuckery I could get we'd into. All get, we'd all go back. Very, very minor rape. <laughs> implied consent. You know, why does it even have to be implied? Might makes right. Yep. It sure does. Light makes right, and white makes light. Source of all light. <laughs> what do I miss? Um, very little. But you know, we have to keep in mind that that whole period. You were having other shit going. On. It's steeped in personal tragedy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just I guess maybe just drop a little anecdote about an experience we've had. Because now I want to talk separately soon about our own experience, but you broad, like, that apple cover, right? No, no. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Brioche, Brioche bread pudding. Brioche bread pudding. Brioche bread pudding. Yeah, just one. I don't know how to say it in Spanish. I'll try to make it easier, but I don't know how to say it in Spanish. No. I don't know how I don't know any Spanish. An anecdote about what? An anecdote about a, a, a particularly. I mean, you know. An elegy, an ode, an anecdote from the casting experience that serves as, you know, a sort of elegy for that part of your life. things like you're nice or I love coming into your office it was always a warm place to go and I like so I keep that with me and I like to think even in my little independent 
career, which lasted a while, um, I think I made an impact on a lot of actors and made their jobs easier, their access to their creativity um, easier, and, and I think, I don't know, I think in a very weird industry that's really fucked up, I think I added a little bit of light myself. I have no doubt that you did. Would you agree? Or I don't know, you don't have to agree. Isn't it odd that after this many years of friendship, this moment right now, this dinner, this interview, is the first time that you've told me that you're gay? It is odd, yes. I, I being a gay man. Yes, I know. Well, it is odd. It's very odd. Yeah. Most folks nowadays say old-fashioned ways should give place to things that are new. But somehow I hold to things that are old. Perhaps it's an old-fashioned view I love my old books The corners and nooks Of my old home and the old friends Old memories too One love that is true Lasting all through life until it ends. I've got that old-fashioned love in my heart. Oh, play it for me. Yes, and there it belongs. My love is like an ivy vine Clinging a little closer all the time Through the years, joy and tears Just the same I've got that old fashioned faith in my heart. No changes can tear it apart. Dry land, change. 
that would never make any change in me cause I've got that old old-fashioned love in my heart yes I've got that old old-fashioned faith in my heart I've got that 